Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, we're talking Fortnite's Master Stroke with Thanos. Why Cobra Kai gives you a reason to buy YouTube Red. And why wasn't somebody keeping an eye on Iron Man's suit? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back for another edition of the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly want to thank you for tuning in each and every week to both our great shows. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is the man of myth, the legend behind Humanity Media. You gotta check out all the great stuff that Humanity Media has going on today at humanitymedia.com their YouTube channel, and all their great shows on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and all those other great podcast networks. It is my good friend, Amigo. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Not much, dude. I'm not always standing behind Humanican Media. I sometimes stand beside Humanican Media. Or in front, maybe. maybe. Sometimes we just watch the sunset. It just depends on the day of the week, I guess. Or maybe you're parallel to it. All right. I'll have to. Uh, back rides do happen too. There you go. Okay. Well, next time I'll be more geometrically correct on that. So, But we've got another great episode to talk about today. We've got Rob McCallum standing by one more time in the Cosmic Crossfire. He's got some awesome pop culture stuff to talk about here in just a little bit. We're also going to be playing a little bit from one of the latest Topicocalypse episodes which includes their thoughts on Avengers Infinity War. So I'm going to let Josh talk a little bit more about that here coming up in a bit as well. Plus, we're going to be talking about uh, a guilty pleasure for those who like movies from the 80s. It is Cobra Kai. And I'm going to tell you why later here in the program, why you might consider getting YouTube Red, because this show really is worth talking about. We're going to be talking about that and a whole lot more on today's show. But first, Josh, they've done it again. You know, we've talked about here in recent past about the success of the Battle Royale genre. I know you're not a big fan of it, but you do recognize and respect its success. Amazingly, the console makers out there are making still very good progresses for when it comes to their own profit dollars. Activision and EA, are, even despite this current climate, are still turning out record profits. But PUBG and Fortnite, with Fortnite now become the king of the hill when it comes to the video game scene, really pulled off a masterstroke with the limited time feature, the Infinity Gauntlet, throwing it in there. With you getting the chance and opportunity 
within the game of Fortnite to become Thanos. So I ask you, Josh, this tie-in to the Marvel movie Infinity War, which has done obviously big bucks all around the world, it is now closing in, if it's not already by the time you hear this, the biggest movie of 2018. How big of a deal is this getting involved with Fortnite? And does this make Fortnite more popular than it was before? If that could actually happen. It's clever marketing. I'll give them that much. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, it's cool. And I've I've enjoyed seeing some of the move, the uh, videos and what people are doing with it. And I like the just seeing Thanos running around there swinging things. And it, it's fun. It's a novelty. But a lot of the things that, like, they were doing with Thanos, like, I've seen, you know, you can do with regular characters. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's cool. It's just a skin. You know, it's a it's a it's a nifty little marketing thing that they're doing. But yeah, I guess like if you're you're an indie game like that and you have made a deal with Marvel, you must be doing something right or people are taking notice and it just makes me wonder like what's going to happen in the future. You know, when Deadpool comes out, are we going to get a Deadpool special edition type thing and how how long is it going to last? And that's just cool because it it opens the doors and it you know, what I do appreciate about Fortnite is that they've shown that indie game makers can make it you know they can go on to do big things if they get lucky so good for them man how do you feel about it i agree with you it tells you well they're not such a small thing is obviously it's epic because they do make a a lot of money off the unreal engines and and obviously they made a ton of cash from the gears of war series when they had it and so much more but this really fell into their lap because the actual game of Fortnite, which you can still play, is not the one everybody cares about. It's the Battle Royale mode that seems to get everybody into it. And they've really just, by leaps and bounds, just skipped over PUBG. I mean, this time last year, we were talking about PUBG as the leading video game out there. And it not only has surpassed it, but it's, it has surpassed it by leaps and bounds and them making a deal with Thanos for a limited time only within the Fortnite Battle Royale is a very cool concept. And it could lead to more challenges by PUBG or even, like you said, with a Deadpool or some other characters down the road that people can really connect to. And it just speaks to the popularity of this franchise. I mean, I hear about Fortnite every day almost within outside the video game realm. I mean, there's talk about the Boston Red Sox pitcher David Price getting carpal tunnel syndrome and everybody pointing to his Fortnite addiction. We hear about other sports stars, both pro and college, having Fortnite addictions of their own. And it's now bleeding over outside of the video game realm into the regular world where people are trying to figure out, okay, what is this Fortnite and what it's all about? I know my wife. I know my my family. I even know my my daughters at school when they hear all the time now they all they hear is Fortnite 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 oh no not again Fortnite that's all they're hearing at school from their friends so it definitely is something that people are talking about it's obviously something people are playing and if they keep on going to the lengths that they're doing with not only just adding things like a limited time Thanos but and limited time marketing campaigns such as this but what they did with making it mobile, PUBG making itself mobile, and now they're both just killing it on the mobile charts and, and Apple and Android charts. Just these smart moves that they're making, they're taking the indie game concept and just blowing it out of the water into something that 
is generating as much, if not more than any game that's virtually out there by making all these smart moves and, and just continuing to take all these right steps to try and lengthen the battle royal genre even more. Yeah. And, you know, as you mentioned, I'm not a huge fan of the battle royale genre. And, you, and you've said, and you said it's a fan, but it's hard, it's hard to see it going away quickly because of all the smart steps that they're doing. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think they know that they're a moment in time and what they're doing is smart because they're trying to make sure they stay as relevant as possible for as long as possible. And, you know, who's to say like if a Fortnite 2 or a PUBG 2 ever comes out that it won't regain popularity, but they're doing their part to stay in the spotlight, especially like it's smart too, considering, you know, you have new Call of Duty coming out and you have a new Battlefield allegedly being announced and Gears of War and who knows what's going on with Halo, but you have all these big AAA titles coming out and they want to make sure that they don't lose players to it. And they're being smart by making deals with Marvel and who knows what else the future might hold. But they're also talking about those games, Battlefield and Call of Duty, possibly bringing out their own versions of the Battle Royale genre as well. That can either be a thorn in the side of Fortnite or a thorn inside of Call of Duty, because if Call of Duty is going to go Battle Royale, people are probably going to think, why not just play Fortnite then in that case? So it's going to be interesting. Will these games consume each other or will they just stay strong and exist side by side? Who knows? It is going to be interesting to see. I think smart moves like they're doing right now with the marketing tie-ins, plus also as well the way that they're supporting new technology like being able to transport their games onto a mobile platform and do it well, both PUBG and Fortnite are just going to continue this for at least the foreseeable future. You're right. Something's going to come along in the video game genre and blow those games out of the water at some point in time. It's cyclical. It's it's evolutionary. It's, it's continuous uh, cycles as far as something else coming in. People like the horde mode. People like that for a while. Everybody made horde modes. Then it was done. Now, zombies. Everybody likes zombie modes. Now that that's become passe, so to speak. And now everybody likes Battle Royale modes that before it was survival stuff. And there's going to be something coming along that's going to replace the Battle Royale genre at the top at some point in time down the road. And you're right. I think the makers of PUBG and Fortnite both understand that. They realize this is their time in the sun and they're taking advantage of it. And they're making all the right moves at this point in time to go ahead and try and continue that 15 minutes of fame for as long as possible and try and drag it out as long as possible. But right now the battle Royale genre, especially Fortnite, is in big time. It's on everybody's thoughts out there that likes gaming, whether they even like the game or not, they are aware of Fortnite and they're aware of PUBG and they are aware just how effective those games are in the video game industry, PUBG and especially Fortnite. Now that it's making all the right moves, including the limited time only Thanos that you can get with the Infinity Gauntlet, those steps, if they continue, are just going to keep the Battle Royale genre going strong for at least the foreseeable future. What are your thoughts on Thanos joining in on the fund in Fortnite? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Are you like it? Are you into it right now at Fortnite as so many other players are? Or... Do you really care or are you like Josh that just doesn't have a thing for for the battle royale genre? 
Share us your thoughts, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. We've got a great show. Like I said, we've got Ron McCallum standing by in the Cosmic Crossfire. We've also got a taste of one of the latest topic topicocalypses with the crew talking about their thoughts on the big movie that's out there, Avengers Infinity War. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking some Cobra Kai, the return of, of all the characters from Karate Kid and just so happy to see it and why it is actually something that you might be interested in. So interested that you might want to actually buy YouTube Red just for this show. We'll tell you more about that. And then also as well, we're going to be talking about what happened to Iron Man's suit. We're going to talk about this and a whole lot more. But first, it's Chad from Hyperschmidt. This is After All. And this is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Where you are, oh, I would not change a thing. You are dear, you are flawless. Will you fix my broken wing? On a ledge, can you see what you know you're looking for? I am sure I've forgotten. Once again, I lost my goal. In my problems, I feel small. It's the climb of It's the climb of a life, it's a fight, and I know I'm 
You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Mm, nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. Pop Culture Cosmos listeners, act now and get 15% off your order just by entering the promo code POD1, that's P-O-D and the number one at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. And we're back again with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. It's Gerald back again. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week while he's back again. It is the man, the myth, the legend behind Rob McCallum Films. Check out all the great projects he has there today on robmccallumfilms.com. But he's also one of the brain trusts behind the great Kickstarter project, Galaxy Hope. It is an unofficial Star Wars documentary. It is my good friend, Rob McCallum. What's up, man? Heidi ho here once again. Excited to talk about a ton of Crossfire stuff. There is a lot of stuff going on. Rob McCallum Films, Galaxy of Hope is still upon us, and we really need everybody's help to uh, plunk down 10, 15, 20 bucks to be a part of the journey. This is another pop culture quest, very much in the vein of Nintendo Quest, which we talk about quite often on the show. But this one has some really great stakes involved. This one, every dollar, every collectible is going to make a direct impact on the lives of these kids who don't get to live a normal life like uh, you and I had maybe growing up. We get to make their life a little bit more digestible. So Andy Morrison, our ambassador, goes to the hospital once a month, sometimes twice a month, every three weeks for blood transfusions. And that's got to be a pretty uh, down and dark thing to do. So wouldn't it be nice... If she always had something to look forward when she uh, got there. And that's what our mission is going to do. It's going to impact the Child Life Program from the Children's Health Foundation. And we need your help to get this film happening. The auction will happen either way, but the film will spread the word. It will give travel dollars to collect all this awesome Star Wars pop culture memorabilia that goes in this auction. It'll be the biggest Star Wars auction of its kind. And it's raised a lot of awareness and a lot of dollars for the kids that need it. That it will. And you can help support this project today by going to Kickstarter and choosing Galaxy of Hope, choosing a tier and making this happen. And without your help, it's not going to happen. But we know you can't have just $10, $15, $20 out there. That'll get everything started. And the Galaxy of Hope can come to fruition in all of its glory. Rob, there's also a lot of other great stuff to talk about in the realm of pop culture. So pray tell, Rob, what's on your mind? When it comes to pop culture. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is Arrested Development. I don't know if you're a fan of this show at all. You are? Uh, okay. Somewhat. I, I watched it on Fox. Have not caught the Netflix shows yet. I intend to, but I know there's some trouble in paradise as far as the reimagining of the show and bringing it back for a full season. Is that correct? 
Well, season five is around the corner. It drops at the end of May. I believe I think it's the 29th or so. But there was a lot to talk about a year or so ago when uh, season four originally launched. Season four was drastically different than seasons one, two, and three. And that's because it was originally 15 episodes and each episode was about 30 minutes long and focused on a single character in the show compared to your typical cross-cutting storylines. So since they've been getting season five ready, Mitch Horowitz, the creator and EP and often director and writer of it, went back and recut the original 15 episodes at 30 minutes. And now I believe it's 22 episodes at 22 minutes long, more or less. So it feels more like the other three original seasons. It's narratively mixed now, again, if you can, which is why they're calling it a remix. Where this comes up as as a big pain point is the actors want further compensation since they were supposed to be paid per episode. Fox says they have the right to re-edit the episodes that already aired. So who's right? Because these actors are now appearing in more episodes than they were originally contracted for. They're all basically pitched as, okay, you're going to be in one episode, we're going to pay you this. Now they're in 22. Well, I think it might come down to a court of law suggesting it, but I, I agree with the actors on this side. I think if you're adjusting the actual episodes and adjusting the amount and appearances and you're adding minutes into the actual mix here because you're going to have to off of what was in the cutting room floor and putting it back in i think that the actors are inclined to be favored in this scenario because you have situation where these actors they were under the premise that this would just be out in 30 minute episodes now you're adding seven more episodes into the mix. Hey, that's, you know, if I was the actor on the show, I'd, I'd want to get paid for. Now, normally I would tend to agree with you here, Gerald, but here's the problem. These episodes aired already in the promised form and made their kind of commitment. They, they were true to the contracts. The 15 episodes went out as promised. That was that. In terms of the, the recut, I think it said less than two or three minutes total for the entire series was added from the cutting room floor. And the stuff that was added were alternate angles from scenes that were covered in other areas. So really not a ton of new stuff. Once it's out there and broadcast, it fulfilled the contract and Fox owns that footage and they had paid the actors for their due. It's not an, an unlike, you know, special editions of different movies coming out. Should Harrison Ford get more money every time another version of Blade Runner hits the shelf because it's been recut? Probably not, right? I think this is kind of along those same lines. Had the actors been paid and told one thing and then it come out as 22 episodes instead of the 15, then I think I would be a little bit more on the actor side here saying, hey, you know, this is what we were told. This is what's going on. We need to figure this out. And I'm sure something could be figured out. Every problem can be solved with money, they say. But... Well, yeah. that could lead to a situation that if the the series is successful, that if they want to bring it back for another season, those actors can hold out just because of that issue. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen after season five, which is already in the can and done. Whether it gets greenlit again or not, I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly when season four came out. I want to say it was in the middle of 2016 or so. So it's been two years between seasons, so it might just not come out at that point. Who knows? Who knows? But it, like I said, Netflix wants to continue doing the series. They may have a f- hard time in doing so just because of the fact that these actors, and we've seen it before on television shows that have collectively got together to hold out for more money. And of course, the Friends debacle, the, the famous million dollars an episode, everybody getting paid equally. 
Exactly. And that's, and that's something right there because they see the residual effects of syndication and they see the residual effects and they're now actually becoming more progressive about what's going on with today's technology and the future. So they're just becoming more aware of how they can go ahead and get their share of the marketplace. I agree. Speaking of marketplaces, one genre that always excites people for at least one weekend and everybody's got a favorite that they remember and maybe their first one or the one that affected them the most is horror. And horror movies are as scary as the face Gerald just made me over our YouTube Hangouts discussion here. <laughs> it, it seems to be coming back in, in a really big way. I mean, I guess I can announce at, at this point that I've actually been hired to work on a horror project. So it'll be interesting to delve into that world again as a, as a writer director and, and build that out. I'm sure you'll be hearing new tidbits as unearthly too. They're still unearthly <laughs> unearthly too. electric boogaloo. No, it, it's a, it's a new project, which is cool. And when I know more about it, I'll be able to share it with you. But because of this and on all the different news that's out there, it's been catching my eye a lot more. Fangoria is back as a print magazine quarterly now, which is cool. There was a recent quote saying, "Pets, the new Pet Cemetery remake will be the scariest adaptation of all Stephen King's work. I mean, we've talked about Stephen King with Castle Rock on, on Hulu is making the waves. Vincenzo Natale was just brought on to adapt In the Tall Grass for Netflix, which is a short film or a short story by Stephen King as well, where people stop their car the side of the road and they hear voices from a field and they get lost in the field and it's a weird time-space conundrum thing. And he'd been trying to get that made forever. Are we experiencing like another Stephen King boom here? I felt like the 80s had a ton of Stephen King movies come out. And then the 90s and the early 2000s quieted down. But between Pet Cemetery, It, uh, and The Tall Grass, Gerald's Game coming out on Netflix already in 1922, and Doctor Sleep as well, the sequel to The Shining, slated to make it to the big screen. It feels like we're enjoying the Stephen King universe once more. I think so as well, but it comes to it at the point where not only are you able now, 20, 25 years later, to remake some of those properties, like you were saying, it, Pet Cemetery, at The Stand, and some others, and make them effective for today's audience, but you have a lot of those leftover projects he's created over the years, and a lot of those stories that he's created since then. And now we're jumping on that and because people are appreciating Stephen King even more. Mr. Mercedes was a big hit for the audience network. That series is coming back for a second season. I thoroughly enjoyed that. That's just one of the Stephen King properties that has come out over the recent months. Like you said, Gerald's Game and obviously It, which did so huge with audiences. And I think it comes down to It being such a box office success that now everybody – and you know, you know Rob – being in the industry, I know, as you are, I know, they see a hot property and everybody else has to jump on it. Like, for instance, with Ready Player One, it's garnered over half a billion dollars. So, what happens next? His next story, Armada, that gets snatched up, and now that's something's going to be done with that, and so on. So, they always like to jump on a hot potato and see what they can do to take as much out of it as many other like products that are from that same individual as much as they can out of it. And yes. There was a period of time where Stephen King products were not made quite as uh, often as they once were. I think after Shawshank Redemption, there may have been like a, almost like a lull of, of Stephen King products. But he's now back again, and he's now back again strong. And I, I think audiences are the better for it because m most of these Stephen King properties 
that are made these days are made with a little bit more care than what we've seen in the past because there have been some truly awful Stephen King adaptations in the past. Yeah, I, I think the 80s was like the uh, the old gold rush uh, land grab for, I uh, give me one Stephen King property so I can make it, and some did not work out. Some were memorable, most were not. And I think Stand By Me has a charm to it as well. And I think Pet Cemetery and Cujo are, are good. But I, I do will... love your new catchphrase, jump on the hot potato. Because usually you it. pass the hot potato, you don't jump on it. Like you said, it came out to big numbers. And everybody wants to follow in suit with Stephen King properties, which is great because if you read his stuff, he has done some great work out there. You know, I wonder if a lot of his more dramatic stuff is going to get snapped up too, like in the vein of Shawshank and Stand By Me, like I mentioned, uh, or The Green uh, Mile. I don't think Shawshank will ever be redone. No, but like I wonder if more of his books of that ilk instead of the horror vein are going to get like put on the silver screen because of that hot potato. But that'll do it for me this week on the Cosmic Crossfire. Crossfire! If you want to reach out to us and ask a question or you want to go ahead and maybe share a topic that we can discuss on the show, please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Semantic Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. And again, if you get a chance, please, please, please support today. Galaxy Hope. Just go to Kickstarter.com and support galaxy hope today you'll be glad you did rob oh yeah i agree please uh, check us out kickstarter.com galaxy hope the more backers we have the more prominent it shows up on kickstarter and the more that those social media shares matter as well so please throw 10 bucks secure yourself a downloadable copy drm free shiny hd you're gonna love it trust me Oh, couldn't get any better than that so you gotta crispy clean crispy clean just like a hot potato galaxy hope on kickstarter rob it's been great having you on the show part of the cosmic crossfire and of course a part of the pop culture cosmos get ready for kitty origins evolutions the latest documentary from rob mccallum generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. Welcome back. Just want to make sure and let you know our shows are being streamed seven days a week on online radio stations and that we deliver two brand new shows covering the latest in pop culture every Monday and Friday to Apple Podcasts or over 30 different podcast networks. Just subscribe to any one of them on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel to get extra content or just check out the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page for our entire radio schedule and the list of those podcast networks. Josh, what is the latest and greatest coming up this week on your awesome experience known as Humanica Media? Yeah, new topic Ocalypse just went up today. We have an interview with our good friend Chad Smith of Hyper Schmidt. Yeah, there's a new Inside Sports that'll be up on Saturday, so definitely be sure to check that out if you've been following the NHL playoffs. If you gotta check out the latest updates in hockey, check it out at Inside Sports and all the other great shows by checking out today on humanicomedia.com. Have you ever seen the karate kid? I have. I've seen the old Karate Kid, and I regrettably have seen the new Karate Kid. I'm not even going to touch the new Karate Kid with a 10-foot ball, man. I, I, 
couldn't sit through 10 minutes of it. It's just awful. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I want to talk about Karate Kid. I'm not talking about Karate Kid Part 2. No, that was just as bad. I'm talking about the original Karate Kid. You have seen the original Karate Kid, correct? I have, and yes, I did love it. I, I didn't necessarily hate it, but I, it, I've seen it. Real quick, keep in mind that I saw Karate Kid around the same time that I saw Three Ninjas. So... I love that movie too. So it's possible that if I were to go back and watch it today, that it probably would feel like watching three ninjas today, in which case it would not be that great. Well, I know it does not hold up well. I, I couldn't watch it today and it'd give it that same type of enjoyment at all, but I thought it was okay when it came out, but I understood that it connected with an audience at that point in time because they truly loved this underdog story and the unique way it was approaching as far as Mr. Miyagi teaching Daniel the actual ins and outs of life as he's learning karate. So I could understand that. But flash forward over 30 years later, and YouTube Red, along with executive producer Will Smith and and a lot, a lot of other well-known names within the movie industry, movie and TV industry, have come up with a, a great series called Cobra Kai. And like I said, I am not one to lay a whole bunch of praise on the Karate Kid, but one of the aspects that I guess I didn't know I, I wanted to see, but I guess I really did wanted to see, was what happened to the guy that got kicked and knocked out by Daniel in that final match in the original Karate Kid, and what happened to Cobra Kai itself? Well, those questions get answered and a whole lot more because Cobra Kai is a 10-episode series on YouTube Red. Obviously, it brings back a little bit of the cheesiness of Karate Kid, but I give it some high marks. It's a great show that you need to watch, Even if you didn't see the original Karate Kid, there's enough highlights and flashbacks from the movie in there to give you an idea what's going on. It is just a really good show outlining the Karate Kid universe from a different aspect as it basically follows the story from another point of view. And I'll tell you what, it does a great job of doing so and how the rebuilding of the Cobra Kai name and the Cobra Kai dojo come into place and how it builds towards a, a, you know, and Josh, I know one of the things you and I both kind of get ill on are those hokey dokey high school films. But in this case, I think it incorporates those high school films with love, friendship, bullying, things of that nature, and incorporates it in a pretty good way that it really makes this series, Cobra Kai, one to watch and truly something that people need to get into. So I ask you, Josh, Cobra Kai, like I said, it's getting a lot of rave reviews all over the place. It is that good. And it shows Daniel LaRusso, the character, in a different light as well and shows an aspect of his life as it is now in modern times that people would be actually interested to see as well. So I ask you, Is Cobra Kai something that you might be interested in, so much so that a subscription to YouTube Red could be down the corner? Well, you get a free trial of YouTube Red. But, um, yeah, from what I understand, YouTube Red is actually 
has some decent content. And if Cobra Kai is any indication, uh, we're probably going to get some more content. I just hate the idea of giving in those greedy capitalists, uh, demonetizing my videos. Yeah, anyways, if worse comes to worse, I can honestly, everything's going to be streaming here. Like my, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about getting rid of cable just to do streaming services. So we'll, we'll see, man. Like, I do want to watch Cobra Kai. I, I thought that was going to be like a, a one-time thing, but it looks like it's gained popularity. And if you are giving it glowing reviews, then I think it might be something I want to look into. It is a binge-in. I mean, I, the last show I asked people to watch uh, on a binging format is The Alienist, and this is no less the same. William Zabka, who plays Johnny Lawrence, who was that guy who came up on the short end of the stick in the original movie, is back and the way he goes about doing things at life at this point in time and the way the show centers around him as almost the hero in this point of view, but still trying to emulate some of the Cobra Kai's values is truly worth watching how he motivates the kids in this film to become his new dojo or reimagine Cobra Kai dojo is it's truly a special thing. And it does lead up to a tournament. I will say that, but the aspects of which and how it ties in and who wins and who loses that I'm not going to go into. You're going to have to find out yourself. The kids in the actual series are actually well acted and I do want to compliment them highly on it. And that's something that surprised me greatly that for one of the few times, I guess this and spider and homecoming, I'm actually interested in seeing how these kids develop in the high school format, as opposed to just being, oh my gosh, turned off by it. I think that's probably the best way I can say it, because not only are you interested in learning more about the relationship or lack thereof between Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso, aka William Zabka and Ralph Macchio, their characters, but also as well the kids in the actual high school and, and how they're interacting with each other and, and all the problems that normally come out of high school – like I said, this is something that I normally wouldn't care about, but the way that it's executed is something remarkable. YouTube Red has already greenlit a second season of Cobra Kai because the events at the end of the 10th episode pretty much cast a lot of questions for another season. So they were very smart in doing so. Uh, I think it's definitely something that people should watch. It answers a lot of questions for fans of the old movie, But even if you didn't watch the old movie, enough is given for you that you'll enjoy it nonetheless, although it does help to watch the movie beforehand as well. Yeah, um, I want to check it out. I'm I'm intrigued. So, uh, you know, we'll see, man. Like, I, yeah, I got to get, honestly, like, I got to renew all my subscriptions. Like, I'd stop paying for Netflix. There's a lot of shows on there. So probably this summer I'll sit down, binge some shows, and then I'll get back to you on that. Absolutely. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And like I said, hopefully I get a chance to relay more thoughts on it on our site, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. What are your thoughts on Cobra Kai? Are you showing no mercy when it comes to the show? Or do you actually want to go ahead and just gain this experience one more time and delve into the world of the Karate Kid, even if you're like me and didn't even know you wanted to in the first place? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Humanica Media, Game Source, and Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and Twitter as well. Coming up next, we've got the guys and gals from Topic Apocalypse. They're going to be talking about Avengers Infinity War. 
is me, Big Dog, returning friend of the show, Brett Cruz, and his girlfriend, Allie Orr. So it's a little different lineup, but a very good conversation. Absolutely. And you're going to be hearing a bit of that. And it, for the whole show, just got to check it out today, Topicocalypse on Podbean and so many other podcast outlets. But you'll be getting a taste of that right after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Frank here from Super BS, talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. Oh, yeah. That's the Super BS Gamescast, available today on YouTube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome back, guys. It's another episode of Topic Ocalypse. Very special episode. We're joined by two very special people. Uh, Daniel, nice guy is not here. My sponsor decided to take the night off, so he can't tell me not to finish these beers. Uh, I'm joined here by Big Dog and Brian Kane. PhD is also gone, getting another PhD. And uh, what what ta- what subject is he studying right now? Are you introduce them. No, I'm going to. You're <laughs> Brian Kane, you're Brian, ruining Brian my Brian Kane is studying nature. Nature. It, all of nature. He's going to get a PhD in everything nature and technology deprivation. Technology deprivation is that like um, what are those those gifts on the internet of uh, would you stay in this cabin without technology for a year for a million dollars or something? Yeah, kind of what he's going for. No technology, no phones or anything while on a camping trip for a week. That actually sounds fantastic. To be honest with you, do you ever have those weeks where your phone goes off and you just like it makes your heart hurt every time it like vibrates or it rings? Can't say that I have, but all right. Like you have many anxiety attacks because you know it's someone wanting you to do something. Just have another beer. I just hit the ignore button. Uh, that's true. That's true. Oh, guys, hey! Um, in case you didn't know, that was uh, that was Brett Cruz coming back from uh, wherever he goes when he's not on the show. Um, oh, he was testing out the wilderness. He was testing out the wilderness. How did that go? Um, it it lasted very shortly, and then I realized I need to get back to work. Back so. to okay, so it was like you're out there for like a weekend, um, like a number of hours. Okay, did you run into Smokey out there? Like, did you prevent forest fires? No, I went. I ran into <laughs> a Sasquatch though. Sasquatch. Okay, like the like the beef jerky one. Yeah. Were you, mess, you, were you messing with him? Did you mess oh, with him? I, I tried to, but just like in the commercials, he shut me down. No, he's a he's a he's a clever <laughs> bastard. Um, we're also joined here by Allie. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Yeah, is your first? Is this your first podcast? Yes. First, okay. first one I've been invited. To All right. Do. Oh, awesome! So Allie will be bringing some class to the show. Finally, <laughs> just uh, thanks a lot. A bunch of jackasses <laughs> and a smart person sitting around this table here. Yeah, well, this is the one night I get off, so I mean, I'm sorry. you decided to waste yeah, I'm it. Sorry, here. you had to spend it here. <laughs> Um, as you all know, there's a very low-budget uh, indie flick that hit theaters last weekend called uh, Avengers Infinity War with some no well-known actors at all. Uh, no podcast had covered it. Uh, we're the only one on the internet, and we're the only ones talking about Avengers Infinity War. I don't think anybody saw it. No, yeah, saw it, it. it did terribly at the box office, yeah, I, I saw. Just the people in this room. Yeah, we're the only ones. Uh, I was actually talking to uh, Gerald before we were going on here, and he was telling me that he had put an Avengers Infinity War thing up because he had seen it on Thursday, 
And some one of the other podcasters on one of the little fan sites he goes on to advertise actually got mad at him for posting the review before everybody else did. Wow, because like he was first? like an unwritten. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's just like how how petty of all the stuff to get upset about. A mm. uh, special shout out to Shock Top, Modern Times, and um, the Banquet Beer, the Banquet Beer, and yep. Lining Krugels, Summer Shandy. What Brett said. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, making the beers we like to drink, and the uh, we'll be drinking the beers that you like to make. So. All right, guys. What did you think of? Uh, you like that? That was a good tagline, right? Well, we'll get some sponsors. Yeah, they'll they'll they're all listening, all of them. I'll tag them. Hashtags. And then uh, if they don't listen, I'll burn it onto a CD and I'll throw it through the window of their homes, <laughs> so they will listen. Um, mixtape, bro. Mixtape, <laughs> mixtape. Yeah, it, I, it's just like you too, you know. Except I won't be putting their iTunes playlist. <laughs> uh, all right. What did you guys think of uh, Avengers: Infinity War? Um. Uh, for me, it was it was entertaining, but I think in the circles that I'm around, it was overhyped. Like people were expecting it to be so great, and for me, it was kind of meh. What were you in comparison to the? Hype. What were you expecting it to be, though? I I, I think that's the thing is that the hype um, around it, and um, I subsequently looked at uh i was watching a, a pewdiepie uh video where it, he was reviewing all right moving on <laughs> well, he, he was showing people's like reaction like people filmed their own reactions to the trailers of it yeah and like people were crying and like getting super emotional about it and it was so cringy i had to stop watching the video because sounds like all of his videos well mm, some most of his videos but but the people in the videos were what was so cringy what about in it. the trailer would make you cry that's why that's why i feel like for me there it, it was overhyped like people were the getting trailer so, they're crying from the trailer yeah like the teasers like oh my gosh like this is gonna happen and then you know it's just someone with an overactive brain exactly and i think there's a lot of that going around leading up to this movie at least that's like that that's, that's been the case of the, the last couple big blockbusters say star wars and yeah, don't even get me started on Star Wars, please. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about. But that. I mean, hey, man, I, I just because she can fly through space and you can't. Yeah, yeah that's that's, that's the only reason I hated that movie. <laughs> oh, the, oh, that was the only reason. No, it's not. That was yeah. sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, overall, I mean, I'm we'll we'll delve deeper into it, but overall, it was kind of meh for me. All right, Ali. Yeah, I liked it. I don't think it was the best Marvel film out there, especially coming right after Black Panther, which I loved. Um Okay, question for you. While we're, <laughs> while we're on this, um, oh, gosh. do you think that Black Panther, everyone's saying, Oscar, Oscar, do you think it's worthy of that? Mm, I don't know, but I've also not seen a lot of the films this year, just in general. Like uh, Blade Runner? Nobody ever sees the films yeah. that win Best Picture. Do you see That's Blade true. Runner 2049? No. I still have Remember, to. I, I have you got to set out like, oh, okay. you gotta set out like right, a whole day right. to watch that movie. Watch yeah. the movie and then come back and tell me how good it is and then tell Brian Kane that he's wrong. <laughs> I'll do that for you. Okay, thank you. Well, I think, I mean, the thing I really liked about Black Panther was um, how it was written in the storyline of it. I really liked the character development. Um, with Infinity War, I thought it was good and it's very much a wow factor, but I don't know how much depth there is to it. Right. Do you, do you think it's because the, the characters 
just because there were so many characters on screen at once. Yeah, that's how I felt. I felt like because they were trying to get everyone in the movie that you couldn't actually delve into anyone's character and go a little bit deeper. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. It, it was okay. We'll, we'll 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 circle back around to this. Big dog, what do you think, man? Oh, I enjoyed okay, it. Okay, cool. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Go on. Right, go for it. I'm going to keep that beer glugging sound in there. That's why I did it. Okay. What did you think, though? Did you like it? No, I liked it. I liked... Uh, I do feel like it, there was... Certain characters didn't get enough screen time that needed to get screen time, but... Uh, like who, though? Like who? Captain America. Uh, well, pretty much anybody from, like, the Captain America movies. Uh, Winter Soldier. Like, yes, I know that was the greatest, that's the greatest yeah. one. I agree with you, but, like... Black Black Widow didn't get hardly get any like the time. original Avenger crew from like the first Avengers movie. Didn't no, get because Tony Stark had a huge amount of t- screen time. Yeah, and so did Thor. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Captain America, uh, Bucky, uh, Scarlet, uh, Black Widow. I want to say Scarlett Johansson, but yeah, Black Widow. Uh, like hardly any screen time, any mm-hmm. dialogue whatsoever. I think mm-hmm. she might have had like maybe a dozen lines. Yeah, most of it was action. I feel yeah. like for her. Yeah, I, I either that or they're saving that up for the next film where they're going to have a bigger role, but maybe yeah. who knows? It feels like okay, so I I liked it. Like I, I I wasn't all like choked up how everyone else was like coming out of it. And yeah, I love the disintegration memes all over the internet though. God bless. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it it was good, and like I liked how they made an attempt to like close certain like chapters from like Civil War and uh, Ragnarok. But for every every like story arc they tried to close, they presented like five more questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the whole thing with the we we just talked about this, but like the Sokovia Accords, how um, Captain America came back and what's his name, General Ross was like, uh, arrest these men, Rhodey, oh, yeah, and he yeah, like yeah, hangs yeah. up on him, and then like there's no consequences, there's no army. The what the, what the hell is army? Like, at? I, like I said, they, all, they like, just glassed over Civil War. Like it didn't really care. It didn't really matter. None yeah. of that stuff. This happened. Moving on. Uh, no, it, it was like the the scene that like the most powerful scene I think in the movie was with uh, Spider Man and, and Tony Stark when he's like, "I don't want to go." Oh, he's like starting end. to like disintegrate in the oh. suit. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was definitely I, like the most emotional part. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, that that most emotional part was, and this is the the one thing that I really liked about the film was the it wasn't it was depth but it was but overall in the movie it may have gone like unnoticed because of all the action but the character development of thanos when he sacrificed gamora into the pit and the the like mini struggle that humanity yeah like yeah like the like a tragic like a tragic character yeah like it you actually felt something for him where before and kind of after and whatever it was just kind of just he's just rolling through everybody and everything without like much depth to him as a character and the fact that he had this little struggle i was like okay good like it's it feels like an actual character with some depth not just some big baddie that just rolls through everybody you're listening to the pop culture cosmos If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. 
Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. Want to give a big shout out, as always, to Rob McCallum for stepping in the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire. And of course, my good friend Josh and his crew with Topic Ocalypse for sharing their thoughts on the big movie of the year, Avengers Infinity War, which at this point in time, as you're hearing this, should be the number one movie so far of 2018. Do you still think it's going to make $2 billion? It It debuted big in China this past weekend. Yep, I still think it's well on its way. I hope so as well. I was, like I said, on the fence. I was thinking maybe it's 1.7, 1.8. I'm hoping as well that it'll translate into $2 billion. It's still on track, so we'll have to wait and see. I'm rooting for it, and I think it's a great film, and I think everybody should get the chance to see it as soon as possible. Josh, before we head on out, speaking of Infinity War, speaking of Marvel's Avengers, news came to light that the original Iron Man suit from the 2008 film was stolen from where it was being held. But the problem is that they don't know the exact date and time when it was stolen and that it was done at some point in time over a several week period. So they're going to have to go back and look through tapes and all that, figure out what's going on. Your thoughts on Iron Man suit being stolen and why wasn't it on public display in the first place, especially with Infinity War to hype it up even more? They stole one piece at a time. So, like, what does that mean? Like, took a boot and then a glove and then a helmet or... Well, that's not how they did it. I thought they stole the suit entirely. Oh, I don't know. You said they worked on it a little bit at a time. So I just... No, no. Nobody knows when they stole it. Oh, got it. How and they it... only have a block of time, which they know they with the the storage facility that had the had the suit they only know what some point in time when they checked it off when they last physically saw it and then recently and i think it was late april when they realized i think it was between february and april that they cannot account for when it was stolen particularly so that has me scratching my head thinking that okay why isn't this suit being displayed anywhere to hype up infinity war like uh, maybe a uh, somewhere in Hollywood, or you know what, near you at Disneyland, they have a Iron Man suit at Disneyland, if I remember correctly. But yeah, no, it's a good question. Uh, plot twist: What if it's actually they're filming Ant Man three, and this is just a uh, not telling anyone? Kind of like how Will Ferrell went into the Lakers game and hit that cheerleader in the face without telling anybody. It's all just candid. That's right. Uh, I remember that. I think it was a former women's wrestler that got hit, but yeah, she did the dive on that one. It was very much planned. So, but unbeknownst to the crowd, that was, I don't know. I just don't understand how you cannot account for that suit, especially with, with such a big movie and a way to promote it and use all your assets and tools to promote whatever it is you got. Now, mind you, it, even the smallest amount could have done good, but We've got a Marvel station out here in Vegas. They could have put it there for goodness sakes. But 
it is worth about three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars uh, reportedly. I think it, w- it would go higher right now if it went on auction. I was going to say yeah. the question is, what are they going to do with it? Exactly. You know, it's going to go in someone's private collection. Probably they're trying to sell it on the black market or what have you. Speaking of the black market, my friend, dun, 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 dun. what Marvel property do you think you'd be interested in seeing if it were to appear on the black market? We're talking about props, not right, not the actual like superpowered suits. No, and not the actual superpowers themselves. No, this is not superhero RS. But if you could actually get some type or actually have the chance to obtain, well, let's say legally had the chance to obtain something of value from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, what would it be? I would take Thor's costume. Honestly, like I know that's weird, but like if I were to show up to a party wearing armor and a cape, I don't think anyone's going to mess with me. In fact, like I won't even have to worry about starting conversations because nothing starts a conversation like a red cape. What about the hammer? Um, well, that's kind of implied, so I guess that would come with it. Or I would just hold my hand out and be like, hold on one second, and then it would never show up, so I would just look like an idiot in a red cape instead of a really cool guy in a red cape. I'm not going to go there, but all right. You set yourself up for that, but I'm not going to knock it down. I will say this for me, you know, I I love my girls and if it was at all possible, if it was out there in auction, because I don't want to do any of that underhanded stuff on the black market. Now I would probably have to say if it were to show up in an auction and I was thinking about buying it for the girls, I would probably say the black widow outfit, because if it wasn't for the black widow, they would probably not be Marvel fans today, but they are. And it's all because of her. And because of that, I think it would do that. Maybe something from Captain, uh, maybe Captain America's shield for me, you know, so I could fight off all those people with the vibranium on there as if it were real. But yeah, that's just me talking right there. I'd probably say cap cap shield for me and, or, but first I would probably have to say black widow's uniform. You know, wear it around. <laughs> I don't think it would fit me, but <laughs> so that's probably why I went to Cap Shield. But we'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, I'll, I, maybe I'd ask my wife to wear it, but that's oh, a, there you go, there you go, there you go, there you go. <laughs> All right. On that awkward note, what are your thoughts on Iron Man's suit getting stolen, getting hijacked, getting procured by some dastardly forces? Are you hopeful that it returns to and hopefully gets displayed and, and prominently viewed out there like it, like it truly deserves? Or do you, or are you searching the dark web right now looking for, you know, any type of lead on how to get your hands on Iron Man's prize suit from the original 2008 film? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also, Humanica Media, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Game Stores on Facebook and Twitter as well. And don't tell us if you actually bought it on the black market. We don't want to know. Josh, any last thoughts for this week on the way out? I know we're going to be talking big time about Deadpool 2 on Friday. I thought we'd save a lot of conversation and a lot of time for that for the PCC Multiverse on Friday. Because I think there's got to be a lot to talk about exactly what's going to hold up in regards to that film. 
yeah i mean i don't have much to say to close out here but yeah we'll talk about deadpool and people saying it's as good as the first one it's a pretty high bar to uh set so yeah i'm looking forward to that obviously the traders have gone over very well is the box office going to follow we're going to have to wait and see we're going to check this out and we're going to talk about more on what's projected on our friday show and have some guesses on where we think it'll end up as well so for josh peterson this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great day Okay, let's talk about the Flopcast. Where every week we drink a lot of coffee and we talk about comic books, movies, conventions, music, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, don't forget the coffee. Lots of weird, obscure pop culture stuff from the 70s and 80s. And chickens. Yeah, chickens. This will be the stupidest half hour of your week. We guarantee it. You can find us on the ESO network. And flopcast.net You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com The ESO Network your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Topicocalypse, the only podcast on the internet. Don't bother fact-checking that. Um, it's true. I'm joined here today by a very special guest who some of you may or may not know. I don't even know him. He just showed up at my door, and I was like, hey, come in. We'll, we'll do an interview. Who do I got here? Hi. It's me. It's Chad. It's Chad. And also, here I have Josh here with me. It's true. This is Chad Smith. Chad Nathaniel Smith. Yeah, this is Chad's podcast. I'm actually the guest on this one. Welcome to the show, Josh. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I've been wanting to get you on for a while now. Yeah, I know. Just the uh, schedule's just been... I have another podcast called Mopicocalypse that uh, we just... Mopicocalypse? Mopicocalypse. And we just have not been able to get the old uh, schedules to match up. Because we are competitors, so... That's actually the longest running well, joke about nothing I think we've had in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chatty. So you have a uh, a little musical project called Hyperschmidt. What can you tell us about that? What is Hyperschmidt? Hyperschmidt is a word that didn't exist in Google um, before I made the band. 
because I was saying, how do I make something in 2018 where I can just like simply tell people, like, hey, this is how you go to me because it can't be my name because I shared the name with the drummer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Who? Red Hot Chili Peppers. What, Chad what? Smith. Chad Smith. Same name. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Who are the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Um, they're kind of this like just this uh this band that that just kind of has ex- just existed in America. Okay. Uh, and the, various the, other countries partially. The ones that go bom, 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 bom. Yeah, they just kinda like bounce they just kinda bounce around with their syllables and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, they're they're so that's Chad Smith. Okay, Chad Smith. I couldn't go with that name. Looks like Will Farrell. He looks exactly like Will Farrell. He does. And have you you've seen that those videos? If you haven't seen, look that up. But I couldn't do I couldn't go with Chad Smith, so I I went I said okay, what's a word that doesn't exist? Okay, so Hyperschmidt came out. Short long story short, short story medium length. Short story long, long story short. And so uh, yeah, it's about me figuring out how to overcome uh, my fear of of writing music and making it and like fig- getting all my ideas in line. So you were originally the lead singer of a band called City of Lions. City of, uh, well, of, we're better known as Ciudad de Leones. Okay. Yeah. No, that's... Uh, in that's Mexico how, is where we really had a lot of... Yeah. Actually, Chicago is where our biggest... I just looked this up yesterday. Chicago is where the biggest fan base is. Of City of Lions? And it's still, like, going strong? Like, 8,000 people, like, every day are, like... Or not every day. Every month are listening to City of Lions music. What if it's one person every day listening to City of Lions 8,000 times? It's not me, I promise. My (laughs) I I just looked it up, and uh, one of my songs has uh, 1,500,000 plays on Spotify. Here's love. Dang, that's, dude, that's gnarly. Well, who 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 gave you a call out? Ellie Ellie Goulding. Ellie Golding gave me a shout out on BBC One Radio when she took over. So she likes your music. She said she listens to it before every concert to get pumped up. Nice. So. Does she know about Hyperschmidt? <laughs> You'd think she would, but uh, Twitter and it's hard to get a hold of people these days. Even in City of Lions, we had our record label trying to get a hold of her, and they were just like, oh, yeah, I just played your music, and I just really like it, but I don't actually really want to talk to you. Uh, nah, no, 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 I'm just uh, Ellie Goulding's like one of my favorite artists, so I was just so excited. When yeah. I was running up and down the hallways just screaming after she did the interview. Well, that's a major shout-out, though. She like, said it was the next up-and-coming artist. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> Joke's on her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't know that. You could still, you could still live up to her. Ruthless expectations. Well, here's the thing is that the City of Lions message is the exact same message pretty much that Hyperschmidt's about. Just basically, darkness is very real. Don't say I try and say it's not, but just, like, let's figure it out and how to, how to like, fight it. And so, like, since I, was, I wrote the lyrics and, and stuff like that, it's, like, it's the same. It's, it's almost like a, what would you call it? A phoenix? A co- like a, a like co- cocoon? A phoenix metaphor? A phoenix, it's we... a phoenix metaphor, metaphorically speaking. Okay, so you're in a cocoon. So this... I'm in a cocoon. I am like you're, a... You're a moth. Or I am a um, beedrill. Beedrill. Oh, yeah, yeah. cocoona. Is that what it was? Weedle. Weedle, there, cocuna, that's what it was. butterfree. Butterfree, yeah. And then wh- how, what was beedrill's? Beedrill went. Beedrill wasp something. No, he was. It was because you're a little worm, and then you're in a cocoon. You can't do anything besides harden, and then you become. Yeah, what a, a lame a super bug. What a lame po. I never used cocoon. Like I remember when I had Kakuna in my lineup, and I just got stuck. Like all my other Pokemon would die. 
and, and then I, he's there suddenly. Yeah, and you just put Kakuna out there, and like you, you're like just to make the ex- ex- whole experience more like excruciating and like yeah, embarrassing because well, you have no choice. Like you can't quit. You just have to like make throw him out there and like yeah, prolong the inevitable. And uh, so like I never used Kakuna <laughs> after Red because I just didn't. Unless I had rare candies, in which case I could oh, just like make yeah. him skip that whole useless phase. Let me tell you what. What? I just last week on the on the drive up to NAB played Pokemon again. Justin had it on his computer and emulator. Oh. So going through it as like an I haven't played it since I was a kid. Okay. And so I went through, I was like, I am gonna raise I want a Beedrill because they're so cool and I hate uh, when I fight against them and I don't have one. Is okay, is there a third evolution in there that we have? It's the wormy. Then it's is it I'm trying to think of the um Beedrill. What's another word for meta for it? Uh I forget it. He's like a yellow one, and he, he's like the coolest looking pod. I forget the name of it. You can look. Diglett. Yeah, we'll call him Diglett for now. <laughs> and so you, you put him out, and then you let him harden like on, for one move, and then you switch him out, and he gets the exact same experience as the Pokemon that killed it. Oh. That's the trick. That's how you do it. That you switch him. So you, it would make sense to start with a Pokemon, and then. Yeah. No, take, I start with them. Yeah, with the with the. And then you take them out. I take them out, and I just let my Pikachu just zap out everyone with electricity. See, it just know, stops their heart. It just stops their heart. Just, and they yep. just die. Yep. The great thing about well, see, at least like with Pikachu, what makes him so great is if like if he were real and you were to go into cardiac arrest, that just you know hanging just out. Just keep one on you. Yeah, just keep a Pikachu on you. Train him to. Yeah. To zap you, but then you probably run into the problem of like if you took a nap and he just assumed oh, oh, that you were like, it, oh, is this is it going on right now? Should oh, I? Oh, oh, oh. Pika Bzzz. lawsuit. Yeah, <laughs> Pika lawsuit. Um, all right. Well, we're on the topic we were, of video games. Yes. What are you playing right now? What or what? What's something good that you've been the playing? the last thing I played? Because we we play a lot of video games, you and I, and the what's good? I the last thing I played. So I am just. The type of video game where you get to build like a vehicle and then go fight in it is just like my absolute just like dream. Are we talking like Mario Kart? No, like more like games where you're almost like playing Legos and then you get to like so my fa- um what was it called Robocraft was this, this free game I downloaded and you just assemble the blocks and you go fight with these things. Okay, but on PlayStation there's a game called Crossout. It's a free one, and you build these trucks with wheels and your engine mm. and it's like if you get hit in the wheel your wheel will blow off and that affects how you drive. So those games were it kind of trains me how to think uh, strategically. I love those. So it affects the way that you are able to play. Yeah, like someone will take out your engine, and all of a sudden you'll just be like really slow, or like they'll shoot your gun off, and then you don't you don't have any weapons. So see that kind of feature is fun for those games. Did you ever play like the old old racing games like NASCAR Thunder or Dude, or Let me tell you about NASCAR Thunder. Okay, okay, tell me about Daytona NASCAR Five Hundred Perfect Circle Track, right? Yeah. Flip that baby in a U-turn and just go full pace just into the backwards. oncoming. I would try and take out as many as if that's so you're one of those players. Nice, dude. Some people want to watch the world. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Oh, somebody famous. Uh, I think that was uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah, yeah. That was before he tried to take over Gotham. And uh, he was a better guy then. Yeah, he was. He was a better guy then. <laughs> too much road rage. Tough, tough times for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, too much so, road rage. But before that. Zero Dawn. I just played Zero Dawn Horizon. Okay. And I knew nothing about this game. Josh, you told me about it, and you said it's cool. It's like uh, it's like you're like in back in time, but there's robots. I'm like, oh okay. Yeah, it's pretty I descriptive on my part. You were yeah. Josh is just when it comes to video games, he's like, oh yeah, you're like a caveman, but then there's also like robotic dinosaurs. 
So that's all I knew about it. So I went and I just started playing it, and the story is just so immersive. And I love the uh, protagonist. Um, what's her name? A- Aloy, which is so cool in itself because it's really alloy. Yeah. Like a metal alloy, but her name's Aloy. And she just figures out, like, just this, it's a really, just the whole story is amazing, and I really wish they would make a movie out of it. It looks cool. I can't wait to play it. Well, it's also that way, too. All the robots in the game, you shoot their, like, shoulder, and the pieces all fly off incrementally. So you have, like, specific areas you need to target on these things. Yeah, like the giant T-Rex, he has, like, a heart, and you have to blow off these giant side panels, and then you start hitting this, like, engine in there, and he, like, does tons, and you can use, like, fire arrows in there and catch it on fire. Nice. Do they attack you if you're just randomly walking? Uh, oh, yeah, but you can buy different outfits. You can craft outfits for, like, sneaking. There's hiding areas. Yeah. You can, uh, is there, you can it, befriend them. Is there an actual story that's any good in the this story game? is what is the best part of the game. Okay. I, you, you want to watch every single... Like, so with games, there'll be times where I'm like, okay, I just want to keep playing. But this game, just this, every storyline that came along, not only was the animation amazing, it felt like a movie, but just the voice actors, everything, they just did such a good job on it. And he, like I said, it needs to be a movie. It looks like it could be a good movie. They don't. They haven't done the caveman story very well in movies. When when's the last caveman story you've seen? Well, they had uh, Ten Thousand BC. Oh, that yes. was a Roland Emmerich film. Yeah, which was weird for him because he wasn't really destroying the world in this one, like he's known to oh, do. Oh, interesting. He's more kind of like building civilizations, you know. Mm. And then there was a comedy based off of that with Jack Black. Year one. And Ro- yeah, Michael yeah, they, Sarah. they had a funny like. Little jab at the not jab, but like they had the story of Cain and Abel in there. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I like it because they just, they kind of go through like early dark history, like history, you know, before the Dark Ages, yeah, kind of in a satirical way, right? Where it's like stuff that's like everyone's like knows, it, and you're like, ah, I see, you. I see what you did there. Like when Michael Sarah walks up to uh, the the girl who's the who he has a crush on, she's a, a, like a, statue. a slave, yeah, and he goes, so uh, when are you getting off work, and she goes. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Second slave joke of the show. Oh, to give the. I wonder. Up. We should look up. Is there any place in the world that has never had slavery, like a slavery-free zone in the world? I don't think so, because like it's man's natural. Vikings took over everything, and they had slaves. They did. They did, and I think that like man is naturally always going to be in conflict. And as long as man is in conflict, they're going to be forcing, whether they call it slavery it's or just not, submission. like submission, employment, call yeah. it what you will. It's, <laughs> it's all, there's always something going on there, but we did play far cry. We played far cry. And that was just, let me tell you about far cry. Tell me about far cry. So I'm on a helicopter. Okay. Flying into to Southern Kentucky. Okay. Right. Suddenly I walk into a church. Jared Leto is there. And he's straight up talking, and it's just like a thirty seconds to Mars concert where everyone is just like, "Jared, I'll die for you." So we walk up to him, we're like, "Dude, it, the stuff you're doing here is not okay. You There's need to pe- stop. You're you're shady, and you need to stop. Come with us. We're going to question you. So come with us. He gets on the helicopter with us. You, people start jumping into the helicopter blades to save him because they want his autograph, right? They want his autograph so badly. They're like, "Come break me down, Barry." Just watch that. Just watch The Shining. Literally. After seeing Ready Player One. Okay. And realized that that music video is a uh, The Shining. Oh, you're right. Like, even even all the weird stuff like the character. Yeah, that that's. I think it's in the same hotel. Okay. You know that hotel's supposed to act, like legitimately be haunted. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. They're all haunted. All Where right. Where were we? So Far Cry. We're 
we played we played for a good six hours, right? It's around that time. So. What did you think? Um, I I started playing Far Cry in with Far Cry Two, and I just thought it was just another like just like shooter game, um, which I think up to Far Cry Two it kind of was. Right. They they started getting with like that fun like supernatural element. I feel like in Far Cry Three especially. With like that, like the tattoos or tattoos, and uh, I love games where you can kind of take like the different paths and kind of play it like your own way. I love that Far Cry offers that, and uh, it's just it's a fun storyline. The bad guys in Far Cry are so good. Well, the bad guys in this Far, I mean, I've you know I've never played the other ones, <sighs> but the bad guy in this Far Cry, the the bad guys, they are psychologically yeah. terrifying. Yeah. You need to play Far Cry 3. Okay. It's just like it's a ama- like that's the best that's why you play Far Cry is because the bad guys freak you out in real life through the screen. They're terrifying. Like and what what makes us worse is that like oh, sorry I had to burp. Excuse um, the- you and I both grew up in religious backgrounds. Yes. We came from Christian families, religious Christian yes, we families. Did. And so we like we have have I don't want to say we've been exposed to that type of fanaticism, but like but we, we've been exposed to that type of we've fanaticism. been yeah, and we've <laughs> seen it in people, and so that's what's scary is that this is not a, it's not it's a fiction, but it's not a fiction. Yeah, per se, there are people out there who are probably legitimately like that, and if you give them enough power, they could go. Dude, Kim. Yeah, we got we got North Korea going on. Yeah, imagine you gave them some, you know. Well, they think that's that's a religion in North Korea. Is they it? think they they think he's a deity. They believe he doesn't poop or pee, bro. Do they? I mean, I mean, explain there that there's not many ways to explain that. Do you think the toilets in the palace over there or whatever are just like hidden? Yeah, there's there's little there's like a book. Yeah, on, and you have to pull it, and then it flips around. and goes to like this luxurious ding. bathroom, and yeah. they're like they'll. How do they exp- how do they dispose of the poop though? In case people find it. Yeah. Well, it helps first of all, you know, I'm sure that someone's job is to like take it and like smuggle it out, but also if they catch you sneaking around, boom. So anti-aircraft gun to the face. Dang. So the person who smuggles the poop out just because he knows the secret, they're they're going to kill him. No, 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 no. If if like someone is like sneaking around like the plumbing in like the royal castle, like just like a person trying to get like some like Dirt on the, like literal dirt, like proof. Like yeah, exactly. We're gonna catch this guy in the middle of some crap. Hey, hey. I mean that that felt like a, <laughs> that, that was a, a little bit of a stretch, but I will take it. Yeah, we'll take it. It's all we, we accept all forms of all. Hum, hum, humorous <laughs> currency here yeah. on Topicopolis. All fecal matter is is welcome on this show. Um, where were we? I love how, I love our rabbit trails. That's like the best part of this. That is that is really. So Far Cry Five, let's. Far Cry Five was fun. We are going to E three. Yes. Okay, I'm sure we'll talk about that more. We're definitely going to talk about that at more. some point. But what, what are you looking forward to about E three? Because this is my second year going. This is your first year going. What do you? We got we got to like plan this out because there's yes. a lot of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah. Right. But all the way down to like the cliff bars that we're bringing. All the way down to the cliff bars and and parking and condensed milk. It's probably, yeah, it's a long hike, probably. Condensed milk, yes. <laughs> it's going to be a long hike to the parking lot and then back to the uh, convention center. But we will have Heelys. We will no? have Heelys. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Heelys, what are, you, what are you looking forward to about this? Everything that I've ever known about a convention has been camera equipment, which is like not that exciting. 
And so the idea of going to a convention that's all about like the latest and greatest video games and technology, like, man, we're supposed to be going to like cover to get coverage. Right. But like, it's going to be hard to like keep my eye on the camera well, and to keep my eye, like, <laughs> you know, part of being there is getting coverage of the game. So exactly. we got to film people playing the games. We're and we got to film ourselves playing the games. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to um, interview some of the, like the, the storytellers there because the medium of video games has the like everyone's had to up their game and it's like it's unacceptable just make a game that's fun to play like rigging wise like people are expecting you know movie almost like you know storylines going on so that there's a whole new like you know element about that that's going to be cool it is like video games are i've said this once i'll say it again video games are such a great medium for storytelling the most immersive i've ever experienced yeah and i it's like I get, you know the, the okay, vi- the violence thing. What what where do you stand? Let on me that? tell you the what. Whole, okay, like, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. What, I'm gonna tell you thing. Violence. Okay, so if if I'm reading a book, right, and okay. I'm gonna say, okay, Johnson ran through the field and he took out ten bad guys. Then he showed up and he saved the girl. Right. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But if I like actually went through and like went through the fear of actually like taking out these guys that were like kidnapping my girl, and like I actually like put them down and then I rescued her, the amount of like dynamic feeling I'm going to experience from that is just so much more than anything can, can bring. So there's, there's that level of experiencing a story that everyone's been trying to achieve all this time. Right. Like read a book. That's just, that's graphic. Your mind is going to imagine the graphic things with violence. Well, that's you know why I, mean? I went, or, I mean, or Martin, I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like romance novels. Everything, everything. Yeah. yeah. They're erotic. It's, it's, it's all smuck. It's all smuck. It's all smuck. So, I mean, the mind is way more powerful than, and you know what we see, even see. And so, I mean, if you're going to get down to that, you know, violence. I mean, first of all, can we? Here's a question: Can we escape violence as human beings? That's what we were like. What we were just saying: right. How he, it's our natural state is to be in conflict. Even look at um, look at Facebook. We're always arguing about politics stuff, and it's it's like. What, at the end of the day, what can we really do about it? We just need... You can't... You, you, yeah. Yeah. There's no such thing as being content because n- nobody's content unless they have something to complain about. And back to Hyperschmidt. Back to Hyperschmidt. That's kind of what my message is about. Right. It's about how, like, this whole system is, is broken and kind of relearning, like, what love is from a standpoint of, like, love is, is like, invested in other people. You know, it's not in yourself. And I, that's where I think that people uh, get rid of that conflict. Okay. Would you say that one of the themes of Hyperschmidt is being okay with not being okay? Exactly. The first step is it's, that's not the final step. That's the first step the of first Hyperschmidt. Step. Okay. You realize the battleground. You say, okay, this is my playing field. Like, this is what's ahead of me. Because too many people just they go out through the whole thing, time denying it. But then you don't want to get stuck in phase one. You got to realize, okay, this really sucks, and this is a broken place. Right. But now that I know this, I have a clear, I have a clear description of the battlefield. Right. So it's like the, I, I talk about a fight a lot, like my tattoo on my arm, keep fighting, because I think we can all agree if people are dumb if they try and say life's not a fight, uh, you're that, doing something wrong. I always thought that's like keep lighting, so because you, you just like to make things that light up. So I, I assume that's what it meant. It's not a bad idea. That's probably what's going to go on my other arm. <laughs> I keep fighting, keep lighting. Keep lighting. Or also I worked as a lighting director for a year also. Yeah, there you go. So it's... My passion embedded it, it's into my arm. informative and ironic. Yes. 
Um, but it's about so it's about learning to fight, basically, because yeah, life's life's a battle. Okay, so Christian music. Where do you stand on the concept of Christian music? Christian music is so funny because, like, one of my biggest like principles that I stand by is that it is bad to, uh, to like want to lift yourself up, right? So basically, like being humble. Like, like we all like don't want to be humble, but be humble. Be humble. Be humble. Sit down. You know, like Sit. Kendrick. No, right. but like, like be humble. Just basically, like, 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 life is a battle. We always have to be battling against ourselves. What you know, some people call, people call a lot of different things. But we're constantly are fighting with ourselves, and if we don't, like, we destroy ourselves. Basically, you know, like, True. think about it. What do I want to do? Do I want to sit and have a pizza, or do I want to go like work out? I want to. I want to sit and have a pizza. You know what I mean? Can you do both? You can. Yeah. The, can. So balance. Balance is is. Is, I mean, can you eat pizza on a treadmill? Absolutely, I have. <laughs> but then the grease starts dripping on the treadmill, and you're in a that's, you're just that's true. And then it's even more effort to clean it. So I guess like the calories you burn by cleaning it, by cleaning it, kind of by your liver filtering out the yeah, Windex smell out of your bloodstream. Yeah, it kind of levels out in the end. <laughs> is it worth it? Is the question you need worth to ask. it after all? Yeah, it's, yeah. That was no, the, that's that was good. To the, to it. So okay, where were we? Um, Humility. But what was I talking about with it? Yeah. I was just saying that it's a fight. It's just like you constantly like if you're not if you're not like going against the the current, then you're going backwards. You know, with whatever you should you can always be looking to improve yourselves because I think we all just kind of suck by standards. We do. We just do. just like naturally every I think everyone just naturally it's entropy. It's the second law of thermodynamics. It says that objects that are left on their own will degrade. They will not improve. So right. I mean, that's that's loosely quoted. Loosely quoted. No, I mean, it's got some truth to it. But do you, like, I don't know. Like, I look at the state of the world right now, and I I, I know people who, like, I don't know. I don't want to say they let their circumstances define them, Mm -hmm. but, like, they they let, they feel defined by their circumstances. So you look at the world, and you see that, like, you know, the economy's not great, and a lot of people are, like, going to college, and they... They go to college and they have the ability to, uh, it's just the job market's not what they thought they were doing. So they just kind of Mm -hmm. settle. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of get cut off from that ability to dream because Mm -hmm. like you've just been hit so hard so many times that you just kind of give up. What, like, do you think that that, do you think it's, it's, you're, it's uh, not capable, but do you think it's possible to pull yourself out of a ditch like that? I do because I feel like I've been in so many ditches like that to where the only thing that keeps you going is just a dis- just the decision. It's not like the emotion that comes with that like that like you know cuz I've I've gotten that that where it's like okay this is exciting like we're going to go do it. It's like yeah. Like that's like a a thing where it's like okay this is exciting. But then there's like there's always those times where it's like I don't I don't feel that right now. So if there's a disconnect between emotion and uh, emotion. reality sometimes. I think emotions are great in the right place. Okay. And I think that uh, they, our emotions will lead us astray very, very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Soon. Not soon. Mo- a lot. A lot. Mostly. <laughs> Reoccurringly. Reoccurringly. <laughs> Acutely. Acutely. That's a good one. 
isosceles. <laughs> um, all right, so back to Christian music, though. Where- I, I think Christian music is so funny because I see magazines of, like, Christian music. So back to humility. Okay, so it's like, I, like Christianity is about, uh, you know, putting others before yourself and, you know, considering, like, what would other people do? And love, obviously, is, is what all of these things fall into that category, real love. But you see these Christian music, like, awards, and it just... I don't know why. So much about Christian music makes my stomach churn. It's and I and I I I'm trying to figure. It's all me. I'm trying to figure it out. Right. Like me trying to figure out. Okay, these people want to share God's love. Like like there's a real there's a reality to this this selfless kind of love that like nobody really knows on their own. It's this kind of foreign love where it's like okay, love dies for its friends. But it's so weird when like okay like. If you if you're experiencing love, like I feel, I, the, one of the first things you want to do is le- like show other people that kind of love. So it's so funny because Christian music they're only playing to themselves. It's a bunch of Christians that are just kind of playing music to other Christian people, and and at the same time you see them just like performing and making it about themselves too. Okay, let's jump into that bag of worms for a minute. Oh boy, this is just Christianity in general these days, though. Hipster, the hipster Christianity fad especially is that. Like, I, you know, I hear people say that, hey, my dream is to be a worship leader. You know, you and I have been in the church crowd a long time. I hear people say, you know, I want to be a worship leader. I want to, uh, you know, basically we romanticize these yeah. ideas of, like, these church positions. Yeah. And then, like, I well, hear... Well, they become romantic, too. They, yeah. The positions have become romantic. Yeah. And we have, like, you have worship leader up there. You know, you see, you see Facebook posts or whatever, and it has pictures yeah. of worship singers. Yeah. Like, Long Beach is full of churches that do right. stuff like that. And it's like, at what... It seems like there's a point where, like, you don't – people aren't going to these these concerts or whatever to worship God, to feel God. They're going to basically worship the people singing about God. It's hard. I've been to, I've been to like, concerts, and it's, like, the, the one thing alone, like, like, when you go to, a, like, an event, and there's a song that everyone knows at the same time, you're yeah. going to get stoked, right? right? Right. So, like, you hear this song come on, you're like, I've heard this on the radio, like, eight times. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard this, like, in my church so many times. You get excited about it, and you're like, oh, this is rad. But then it's like, okay, wait, what was the point of this again? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's supposed to be forgetting about all this stuff and focusing on God when, you know, that. So there's, it's a lot of, like, like catch-22-ish to yeah. me. Right now, it is. It's more than ever. If right. I, I, I think a really cool way, something I've been thinking about lately, is for the worship team to be in the back of a church. And Catholics mm. do that, and I, I like that because it's like, just for me, like, I've played drums in in church band so much and it's like like i don't want to even think about if i'm going to do a crazy fail if people are looking at me if i look cool yeah like i want to know that they're not even looking at me like i just want to be looking at like the band with me so that's something that i think would i would like to see some churches explore putting the band in the back that yeah that would be cool but oh i mean past, pastors are like this too anytime you put a person on a stage in front of a, a lot of other people you're you're elevating them and like yeah. I know it's it's so hard to like go to church and not do these things, yeah. but that this is why I think a lot of people are they're not losing faith in God, but they're losing faith in churches. They're losing faith in the religion of Christianity. Yes. There's a difference between in between believing like being all about what Jesus is doing and believing what he did and then right. like the religion of Christianity. Yeah. And so and it's become even more of a thing, you know. Like you said, it's 
it's, you know, we see this picture of what it looks like and mm-hmm. it's become so defined that it's easy to define. Yeah. And once something's easy to find, then it's easy to want to replicate it. Yeah. And I don't, I'm, I hate replicating things. You know what I mean? I'm all about like. You got the old formulas. Yeah. I don't like, I don't want to. Yeah. So it's like, there's, there's some, there's supposed to be something constantly brand new about it. I, you know, I don't, I think that, uh, something that's alive doesn't need to, uh, keep replicating itself. Well, <laughs> that is life though, isn't I it? I mean, yeah. Mitosis. <laughs> uh, no, they, see, this is like, I've, I'm, you know, I, I am going through a struggle like that. It's not that I like lost my faith in God. That's no, good. I, I encourage everyone to go through yeah, a struggle yeah, like that. So like, that's make like, it real. I always believe tell something, people, believe it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, I believe that religion without question is not religion. It's it's a cult yeah. practice. Yeah, you, if, if, if you question something and it comes back like not real, then like, yeah, you, you question everything. Yeah, and you have people who ostracize you for, th- yeah. for questioning yeah. stuff like that. So like I... Question things hard, question especially things hard. Christianity. Like really, really... Question the crap out of that. Like, look up and see if any of that, if that stuff was real, for reals. For reals. Like, I was telling you last week, I was, I've been reading a book by uh, Peter Rollins, and he has this uh, thing where he talks about the, uh, the concept of the Paulinian cut. Will you explain that real quick? Just and he sums it. I don't think I talked about it with you yet. I told you that I liked the book, but it was... Uh, the, the Paulinian cut. Paulinian I mean. cut. He says, basically, there's this cut, and then above the cut, you have, like, big religious organizations okay. you have churches you have um you know what i don't want to say charities but like movements or big, whatever like big yeah. big religious things uh-huh. and then below the cut you have like the you know smaller house churches yeah, um right. people who you know d- theologists and different uh-huh. theologists who think differently uh-huh. about stuff and all that okay and the people above the cut they will only tolerate the people beneath the cut so as far as they can absorb them into their fold dismantle their beliefs or completely discredit them. Mm. And it's uh it, it's an interesting concept That's because messy. like it's it's messy but it's true though. Right. It's true you have a lot of big churches who want to be the religious authority on everything and I've kind of developed this practice of anybody who says that they're a because now like literally anybody can become a pastor. Yeah. Now, churches don't even care if you go to seminary or whatever, you know. Yeah. Ordained like so, I just assume that anybody who calls himself a theologist or a pastor is a complete and total idiot until they prove me wrong. Well, that's because you and a lot of people too. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that's that's such a current. Like, I think a lot of people agree with you. Right. Seriously. Because you have these people. Uh, okay. Humanity is the biggest flaw in religion. He, because okay, look at the look at the, the it just screws it up. It screws it up. But look at the the Catholic Church for so long they have been, you know, nothing against them, whatever. But like history has shown us that they use religion as a um, power. They yeah. use religion as power. Look at the um, you know they sell indulgences for future sins. It's just how okay. they made money. Uh huh. And so like now churches basically have put God into a vending machine. They want you, they're, they're like, it's a, it's like a 10 step program, or whatever you can achieve mm. absolute certainty. If you subscribe to this, if you listen to this, buy this guy's book, listen to this guy's worship yeah. album, you know, come to this event, uh, you know, bring your kids. We got a petting zoo or something like that. So it's like, um, you know, and that's not, that's not true. Like, and I think a lot of people have, it. it's all, like they're trying to sell you something. A lot of people have mm. lost faith mm-hmm. in that because 
they don't they feel like they don't need to be sold something because God is not a product. God is just an experience. I don't want to be sold. I want to be shown. Yeah, you know what I mean. I want like, and I, like it's so true. And I think like people our age like we we don't want to be told things. We want to be like, hey, like show me you're struggling with this. Like show me that like you're having a hard time with this. Like I want to see how you're doing it. That's like I think the loudest medium. Yeah, and I think that. For too long, uh, I think I think a lot of people have ignored that. That's that's what we want to. Uh, maybe it's a generational thing, but like it's like a transparency thing. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna believe you if you're if you're saying it. I'm gonna believe you if I see you struggling. I'm you know I see you failing and I see you like going at it. You yeah. know that's why I'm gonna be like, all right, I'm getting on board with that. Right. And so that's what I think needs to be seen. I think I think we need to get. So I don't. I mean, like, I don't know what that's gonna look like, which really excites me. Yeah, it's but, a, it's like the human experience is like a like it's waves. dirty and it's chaotic. But I think God is found in the chaos and not the organized mm. practices of it all. Mm. Does, I mean, is that? It's like it's like yeah. I mean, I, it's because I, God, you're able to know God, like yeah. you can know who He is. Right. But then at the same time. Now, obviously, everything about them is is like a mystery too. Yeah, and obviously, community is important. Like, you should have a community of people who believe that. Not, I don't mean, I don't want to necessarily say believe the same things as you, but like a community of people who will keep you, hold you accountable. Yeah, right. Especially with religious practices, that's important. So important. Right, but it's also important to to know that like you can achieve spirituality without having to go through the 10-step program, you know, you don't, like, yeah, church is important, you should go to, I mean, I guess if if you're into it, you should go to church, but, like, church isn't the only way to God, I think. Definitely not. It's just, like, like I, I think that God's like, hey, like, just at the baseline, just, I want you to know me, and I want my, my, like, joy and my peace just to, like, just overwhelm you and be with you, and, like, he just wants to know you, and then it's like, Excuse me. Then it's like a lot like a lot of people they go, Oh, like, you know, they figure it out. They think, okay, we figured it out, like you said, you know. We solved the mystery. Yeah, we've we've solved the mystery, but it's like you like all these things, you know, that that people are trying to do. I think it just it needs to be simple, you know. It does. We we complicate things and then we, we do. Oh we, I complicate things, man. Just oh. the way I'd be like, Hey, that person said this this way. But they probably meant it these thirty different ways. Do you, do you do that? And someone talks to you, and you're like, you or you, you like talk to somebody, and you think back, you're like, I think that came across the wrong way. Yes. Maybe oh my gosh. I need to like, I need to call them yes. ten times and apologize about that. <laughs> I was like, like sometimes I like I try to be polite. Whenever I try to be polite, it always comes across as passive aggressive. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need I need to say this uncomfortable thing, but I'm gonna say it the most polite way possible, <laughs> and I say like. People be like, that was so passive was aggressive. So I'm like, no, aggressive. I was just trying to say it nicely. What in the world? <laughs> I hate, I hate like when I try to level with people. Like the the um, a couple weeks ago, I I was at uh, I was teaching high school and I was walking oh, out boy. to the, the the car, and I had there's another teacher with me and they're like, I hate people who keep um, who just use their trunks the trunks of their cars storage for like weird things. I'm like, yeah, I hate that too. And I open my <laughs> trunk and there's two like. Wigs back there for <laughs> <laughs> um, real life is offers up the most the best 
sucks for situations. It does. It does. And I, it's the yesterday I was working with my dad on a graphic and we were talking about it was for like this like business thing and so there was two people shaking hands and I was like I love the shaking hands and all of a sudden my nephew like he wasn't looking at us, but he just stood up and he just starts shaking his hands in the air. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's only three years old. And it's just like those situations where it's like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Do you ever, okay, do you ever, like, the Girl Scouts or, like, kids when they're selling candy and stuff, do you ever, like, you want to help their cause out? So you, you like, say, hey, okay, this is a, this is a weird story, but I was, uh, I went into uh, Smart and Final, and there's this, I mean, I want to say she's probably fourth or fifth grade out there selling candy. Not not cookies though. Not candy. cookies. It's okay. like candy right. bars right. for. She's raising money for a field trip Those or little something. Signature candy bars. You always see. Yeah, yeah. And I was. Uh, she's like, "Hey, do you want to buy some candy?" I was like, "I I don't have any dollars on me, but like, if you're out here later, like, I can, you know, I'll probably I can come back and buy something, and then like, she's like I have a square reader. It, yeah, if only we're that technologically advi- advanced. But she like, <laughs> she calls out to her dad. And she goes. Hey, are we going to be out here later? And then, like, I stop for a minute. I'm like, oh, wait, that probably sounds really bad, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the dad goes, what? what? Starts walking towards you Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, not coming back. Uh, n- no. I just want bulk pricing on my yeah, groceries. Right. And we just, like, we do and say things not thinking about the connotations. Yeah, there's something so pure about that, though. Right, yeah, right. There's something so pure about talking before you think. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, it's unfiltered. But and right. We just assume now that everybody's a pervert and everyone. <laughs> I wonder how much we reduce our communication by filtering. That's true. I well, Okay, so there's a, a writer who says that, like, at any given time, our thoughts are not filtered for a PG audience. Oh, funny. So, like, if we. If everyone said exactly what was on their yeah, mind, yeah. nobody they, would like each no, other. Oh, funny. So it's all us just trying. I mean, yeah, oh, that's so funny. We're right. such social creatures. Right. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we are going to take a quick break after uh, some words from these idiots. And a tinkle. Brink here from Super BS. Talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. All right. Well, whatever those idiots were uh, advertising or telling you to listen to, you should definitely check that out. Yeah, Um, for sure. All right. So we got some snacks on the table. I just... uh, Not metaphorically. Not metaphorically. Literal snacks. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. It's hard to look at a bag of Cheetos and not immediately want to eat it. I agree wholeheartedly. And it's not even like, not like metaphorically at all. Like, it's like I look at a bag of Cheetos, even if that bag of Cheetos is in somebody else's hands. Like, I look at it and I just imagine myself eating the whole thing. You can't just have one or Mm, two. No, you can't because your brain thinks, you know, the next one's going to make your mouth not hurt anymore. Yeah. And it's going to be so delicious. It's going to just be so good. Okay, well, while it's on the table, dip that into some of this uh, salsa here and tell me what that tell me what that tastes like. It's like it. Some yeah. or all of the salsa? I don't know, like a lot of it. Like enough to notice it. Okay. What is spicier, the chip or the salsa? 
What's the taste? How do the tastes match up? Pretty good. Is it pungent? Is it no, it's like overwhelming? The flavors are actually pretty similar. Kind of like like it's just hot tomato, basically. Okay. The chips are are hotter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It was good. I would definitely do it again. Okay. All right. So it was a good experience. All right. Well, it's okay. So we we kind of got dark there for a minute before we we went to this uh, commercial break. What? Okay. Before we leave the idea of religion behind, I had this. Uh, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and they were talking about object of desire versus object desire. I think that's what how they phrase that. Hmm. And basically, it was just this idea of like you want what you want, but there's always something or somebody standing in the way of what you want. Hmm. So like a, you know, you have a crush on your buddy's girlfriend or Mm -hmm. wife, or you want his car or, you know. Right. uh, I guess you call that envy in a way, but um, not in a way, but it kind of is envy. So the only way to fully like experience and go through with that desire, it would be basically to, you know, take your buddy out of the equation so i was starting to think about how that applies to religion and i was thinking to myself okay so we want to experience god but so god would be the object of desire and then the object desire i guess if that's the the right term for that would be would be jesus right and so what did we do to jesus back in the day though Kill them. We killed them so that we could experience. I mean, technically, he went willingly, but I just thought about that and I was like, "Wow, that kind of blows my mind a little bit." Like, it's a little truth to it, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. But anyways, as far as the chips are loud, <laughs> you look like you had a thought. I, it, I like. I like how you're thinking about that. Yeah, you know, I'm just like doing some spiritual searching. I've been kind of burned by. Organized religions, so I'm just doing my own little thing lately, you know. Dude, people will always are all, we're always gonna let each other down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. All right, so how does religion? Would you consider yourself a Christian musician? Not a musician who is Christian, but would you consider your genre to be Christian? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like, like I think it really comes down to like people. Is it like worship music? No, but. Like, a lot of the stuff I write are, like, moments when I'm about to, like, fail and, like, just, like, go under. And those have been, like, the times when God has spoken to me the loudest. And, like, what he said is, like, I'm with you and I've got you and, like, I'm always going to be here with you. And that's, like, basically what most of my words are. Um, right. So it's, like, um, I, I mean, yeah, part of me would say that my music is more Christian than any music you're going to listen to out there. Okay. But also at the same time it's from such a perspective that it's a real person's music too. So you're 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 a real musician, you're not trying to sell. God. I am not. No, I I can't. I have tried to sit like I've tried to sit down and like write songs that I know, you know, oh this, this works good. It's like no, I like I have to write in order to stop myself from being in a terrible place. Yeah. It's like okay, I'm in a terrible place right now. Okay, I need to write a song because it's that's going to like if God gave me music as medicine. Right. And I just need to be able to squeeze the term if I could only imagine somewhere into this song and then I will sell a million records. Drives me up a wall. <laughs> Everything the, I'm against. Uh, you know, I hate bands like um, 
Newsboys, for example. Also, none of them are the same original members. No, they're not. They Newsboys started out in the '90s as a gr- Christian grunge band. I love them. Okay, I purchased like their first their first few albums, and then they started ch- changing members out. The lead singer now, though he sounds a lot like the old lead singer, mm-hmm. he's actually the lead singer of DC Talk. And DC Talk, dis- oh, is he really? Yeah, and DC Talk disbanded after. He had said some controversial things, uh, I guess, relating to the LGBTQT community. Almost, you almost got it right. Almost. But um, no, it's just funny. Newsboys are like the new kids on the block of Christian music. Dang. You know, just changing out members. They're going to be immortal. You want to hear something funny? Huh. You're the second person today to mention new kids on the block to me. Really? Who Joseph's is- father talked about new kids on the block yeah, today. Like Hyperschmidt was new kids he on the block. He was relating the band BTS, the great the K-pop band to them. Oh. Because they're they're more famous around the world than just in South Korea. Let me ask you a question. Yes. When you're watching an anime, do you like to have epic music or do you like when like J-pop bands come on? For the anime? Yeah. I it's something interesting because it's like Korean language and Japanese language, even Chinese language. A lot of the dialect has to do with um, tonality. So it'll be like, that does say, which is how you would actually like say a word. Like, but really, I'm just kind of singing. I'm going, uh. So when you hear, for the longest time, I was always like, why do they sing so weird? But all of a sudden, it hit me. They're pronouncing the word, but how it applies on top of music is really interesting. Because like, da, 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 is like, you think it's like they're like not pronouncing it right, but they have to. That's how the word is spoken. So, I mean, I like I like the epic music with anime because I feel like they everything about anime is extra. The eyes are giant and expressive. Right. The, the, your emotions are visible. You know, it's like when you go to attack someone, there's like light coming out of you. It's like everything is just over the top. So, I like I like it more when there's those bigger bigger epic music. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's some moments when J-pop's cool, I guess, but. I don't know, I'm just not a huge fan. I remember I was, uh, I, I love the Final Fantasy series, the video game. Oh, yeah. And they had, like, all their soundtracks have always been just fantastic. Uh-huh. They've been amazing, instrumental, orchestral. And then there's uh, 13.2 came out, and you're just running along, and all of a sudden, J-pop starts playing. And it makes it feel like less of a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. And more of, like, a like a Persona or uh, or Xenoblade-type game. But uh, I, I already, when I hear music, since I started as a drummer, like I hear music in such a weird way where I don't, I, I, in like where I sit in the mix is like I hear the music first and I kind of ignore the lyrics. Okay. So when I listen to like J-pop or K-pop, like it kind of is the same thing where it's all just kind of just mumbled consonants and vowels and tones. It's like, that's kind of how I like even write my own music. I kind of just start that way. Yeah. So those, they, it works for me in that sense. Okay, so now we're on this topic. Let me ask you a question. Um, can, okay, do you think that, like, it's, it is possible? Do you, hold on one sec. I, something's going on here. Whoa, dude, we, you have you ever All seen, right, we're good. Have you ever seen uh, Pleasantville? Um, Tommy McGuire? Yeah. Yeah. You know how when you run, when you go too far out of the city, you end up on the other side? Yes. That's like what just happened to your audio. I know. Well, no, there was like an old track. Oh. Stuck up there somewhere. I don't know how it got there. Okay, so um, Christian music. I know there's a lot of artists out there that are Christian that sing secular music, and they their big thing is like, especially in the uh, the screamo um, mm-hmm. 
like post hardcore scene, you see a lot of that. So, you, have you been keeping up with the um, the debate over Under Oath? No. So Under Oath, they you know they kind of been known as a Christian band or Christian right. Um, and in their new CD, they they drop the f bomb. So do you, and everyone's giving them crap. They're like, hey, you're uh, you know you're you're a Christian band. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. You don't need to swear. But like, this is a, you know one of those things we get so focused on non issues like this. Like, you know, obviously there are words you're not supposed to say. I don't believe personally. I don't believe in swear words. You know, we've talked about this. I I think they're uncreative. They're uncreative, but like, there's nothing. You know, if you stub your toe in the middle of the night. It's not, and you, you like, you know, you you let out a swear word. That's, I mean, that's that's human to me. Like, it's not. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. There are words you shouldn't say, and you shouldn't say them in a negative context towards somebody else. But like, if you're, you know, obviously it sounds stupid of a teenager saying it, but if you're like, you know, you hurt yourself or something like that, and you swear, like that's just. I think it's trained though. At the same time, you think so? Yeah, I do. I think I think it's part part of it is just like, I think it's like that's what we know is like the extent of. Like the I don't know like because like I worked with like children for so long that like I wasn't even allowed to say like dang it and darn it when I stub my toe I I don't cuss like when I'm almost in car accidents so I I think it's a I think it's a, like I don't I'm not saying like oh I'm I'm so amazing I'm just saying I think it's a like a trained thing I think for so I think we're just used to like used to that but like when I like stub my toe I'll just be like. Crimey Jenkins. You know, in post, I'm going to go. <laughs> so I'm going to put some well placed bleeps over everything you just said. <laughs> <Please do. laughs> They're so terrible. You can't even. <laughs> Honestly, like, there's so. In comedy, there's nothing funnier to me than, like. Fake. Unnecessary censoring. Unnecessary censoring <laughs> or, like, a well timed fart. That will always. Agreed. Always make me laugh. Okay, so. Uh, I mean, so where do you stand on the under oath issue? Do you think like there people are giving uh, them too much flack, or do you think that like having religion uh, keep you in the religion? Do you think it bounds you into certain types of creativity? Um, I've often thought that I've I thought like okay, if I if I could just you know go off the you know cuff and like do that, but it's like I think that there's a, a certain level of a lack of creativity that comes with it. Also. I think the F word represents something that's that's gross and kind of unnecessary. Like fun? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, F word. Yeah, friends. Yeah. F is for friends who do something good. Yeah, he was for uranium bombs. Bomb. <laughs> um, I mean, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to prove a point. Okay. Of disdain for what they were talking about. They were trying to really make people listen. Like when people hear that, you know that their audience goes, "Whoa!" Like their full attention just got it's like a in. sentence enhancer. Yeah. It is for them because it's the first time they've ever used it. But I mean, for bands that are using it every other word, it's if I was using the word like. And then, like, all my friends were like, you know, going across the street, like, now I know why you want to hate me. That's a Limp Biscuit song for those of <laughs> you guys who don't know that. That was I, the emotion in there was real, Josh. I know. Though, I, could the, hear the, I could hear the black bangs covering your forehead in your voice. You? Could you see like a red backwards hat on me when I, I was saying I could hear it? a red backwards hat okay. on you. I could hear a guy liner in your eyes. <laughs> Just so you know. Dude, when I was in high school, not high school, junior high, all about that Limp Bizkit CD, man. The chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. I was not allowed to listen to most music until I was a oh, later in my life. Me neither, but like this is just one that I like 
see the thing about junior high is that there's a lot of like I don't want to call them black markets, but there's a lot of black markets in junior high. Like, like with your friends. With your friends. Right. Like there's always somebody on campus somewhere that can get a hold of something. Funny. And you know, drugs, yeah, that's like whatever. But like there are people you know, literally there are people like if you want a pirated video game, you want a foreign video game. You want a chip that'll let you play imported games. You oh, want funny. a movie that's still in theaters. You want a CD that hasn't come out yet. And that was back when you were in junior high. That's probably right. like in like fourth grade now. It probably worked its way down. Like third yeah. graders are like, oh, you yeah. Know, oh, yeah. yeah you, you have, this movie's not even in theaters yet here. Yeah. It, little it, SD cards. And, you know, it was cool and it wasn't because, you know, you could buy things, drugs, you buy porn or whatever. But, like, there's always somebody you could always get a hold of. You could literally get a hold of anything, mm-hmm. you know, except mm-hmm. obviously not like weapons and stuff because that'd be bad. But I mean, you probably just didn't ask. Yeah, I wasn't asking the right people. It's like, I, if do we need to go down to Chinatown one day? It's off North Broadway. Have you been? No, but that sounds like a lyric. We need to go down to Chinatown. Down to Chinatown. One day. It's um, off North Broadway. If you go on North Broadway, there's a uh, it's Chinatown, and you can literally buy anything in Chinatown. Like I went to I just want tons of fireworks. Okay. Funny story. I went to Chinatown, bought a firework, but I bought it from a pillow salesman. So he handed me this catalog, a catalog of like Serta items, like uh, mattresses, pillows. And inside this catalog, taped to the inner pages, were where the uh, fire was a firework catalog. Yes. And so you keep turning the pages. So I bought a mortar, and like it, my little my idiot brother. Did put, you say Mordor? Mordor. I bought the um, I bought real estate in Mordor. Yeah, it's um, smart. It's actually very, very dark for most of the year, and so you um, can grow lots of nightshade. You can, and there's always like this weird, uh, fiery eyeball watching you. It's, it's comforting to know that you're not alone. Me out. I always got to have the blinds closed. But that'd uh, be a funny show. Is a real estate agent that tries to sell property <laughs> in Mordor, <laughs> and he's just trying to sell it the whole time. Um, you know, this is the the. Uh, it's great. You you always know that you know it's security. If anyone tries to break in, great old Sauron is just he's there. Yeah, he knows. he's there. Lord Sauron. You know, except when he needs like some eye drops or something. <laughs> and there's someone. There's a job for that. Yeah, there's a <laughs> has its own economy. Um, you know, I just completely forgot what tangent we were on. We were talking about um, Cre- why Hobo uh, Baggins was terrible pick to, oh. carry, to deliver the ring. Oh, that's true. Everyone always argues, like, why... This was addressed, actually. Everyone always asks, like, why they didn't just have the eagles... Just fly the ring and fly drop the it? Fly the ring just and drop it, it in. in but they said that the the eagles would have been consumed by the ring. So I guess eagles aren't the purest animals on Earth? Hobbits are? I guess they're saying hobbits are, but... Hobbits are the purest? I mean, their lifestyle kind of re- reflects that. It's true. It's true. Okay, anyways, um, <laughs> the, uh, all right, so uh, cre- Christianity and creativity, okay? So I, I've been working on a book called Congratulations, You Suck. It'll be out soon. Woo! Um, I'm on hopefully the last draft because I, I, some people read it and they sent it back to me with their thoughts, so I just got to go fix some things, connect some dots that I left out. Um, but that always helps when I had, this is not like everyone is, you know, just because I've been in church circles for so long, everyone's assuming it's going to be a Christian book, but it's not a Christian book. And like, I didn't intend for it to be a Christian book. So when I started writing it, I wrote it with every intention of making it real. Okay. Mm. And I wrote it. A lot of it's from like, I fictionalized my own experiences with people growing up. Cool. And, um, 
you know, and those those conversations, those situations were not like church situations. You know, yeah. they, people said real things. People talked about real topics, yeah. made jokes about things that some people would consider uncouth. Um, but, you know, I never like purposely go out of my way to be disrespectful or anything towards that. But like, you know, I set out to write towards something me, you towards you. Um, I set out to write some to write and create something real. And like I had somebody say, oh, good. Just when you're done with it, make sure you show it to your pastor. I'm like, no, it's not that kind of book. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm less religious, but I just wanted to write about an experience so people knew what that experience was. And so, like, I feel like a lot of the times we there's there's great things that we're capable of, but we we live in this box, you know, as far as like we we are religious and yes, God is God is good, but like we I don't consider myself religious. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I just because I think religion is like just the actions of it. It is the actions. It's not the belief. Like I can still believe in God and write a you know, a sitcom or whatever, but and a lot of people will disagree with me on that. They're like, it's all about your actions, but I don't, I don't know because a lot of the uh, what the Bible says we should and shouldn't do they they weren't meant for modern they weren't applied to modern situations, you know. And I, I'm a firm believer in the fact that God wouldn't have given us the ability to do the things that we do if we were supposed to only cater to one audience. Mm, yeah, I I definitely like I agree that like that catering towards one audience is just so self-defeating and it's like an inward spiral just kind of would you say it's isolating too it's isolating yeah it's it's a bubble and it, like i it works you know because it's like like yeah of course everyone's going to like it when you're singing about that thing that they like and that's why country music works because they're singing about trucks and beer and denim but um yeah i don't know for just i mean maybe it's just for me but like like as an artist, just everything like if people are just doing like the same thing and like replicating it, it just it just doesn't seem real. And you like you're saying, you do you see that in religion and you see that that's why I think it's it's just like it's supposed to be just a relationship. I think you can do God, and I think it's supposed to be just a relationship with God and God's like, Hey, it's I intended for you to, you know, have have interaction with people. But Religion is saying, "Oh yeah, we know." You know, it, it becomes this just almost like a like a brainwash. Versus, I just want my, I want to do my best to wash my brain. R- yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. Like, like I just want to clean my brain. And I uh, not yeah, you know what I mean. You, you clean your brain, yeah, and you want to experience a higher state of being. And like I, I don't think that God would have put us into the world if He didn't expect us to in some way be amongst the world, you know? There's a verse that says, God knows that we're just dirt. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And obviously there are things you should and shouldn't do that are like in concrete, you know, concrete rules or mm-hmm. whatever you want to mm-hmm. call them. Uh, you know, at the same time, I think there's... Like, I, okay, I had uh, Facebook. They closed down the sound, the radio station. And, like, I had someone on Facebook who started saying... I'm glad they got that heathen music off the radio and they're going to re- be replacing you with Christian music. And I'm like, Christian music, like corporate Christian music? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. And he's like, he's so, a lot of people don't know the difference. They, 
it's an accessory to them. Mm. It's an accessory that makes them look good. Interesting. And uh, they don't know the difference between actually experiencing God and experience fanaticism. Yeah, right. I think, yeah. And that's where, that's where it comes into religion versus relationship. Really. Because a religion is experiencing a fanaticism. And that's what most people have. And I think a relationship is just experiencing the person of God. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's, it's like I said, it's simple. Obviously, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And, you know, obviously we can go deeper into this, but let's talk about music for a, for a quick minute here. We go up. I think we were, but then we went off on another tangent. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? There's nothing a- wrong Anytime with that. you and I get together and talk about things, that's going to happen. Exactly. So, okay, Hyper Schmidt. Yes, sir. Okay, how... Um, g- give me a little... Break down the musical history of Chad Smith for me. Uh, you, not the Red Hot Chili Peppers um, guy. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and that's it. started it. with the Uplift MoFo party plan um, really? yep, in the 80s. Really? I think that was the name of their first CD. Oh, my gosh. I want to say. Um, I started with Elevator Music. That was the name of my youth group band. And we used to practice, like, four hours every Thursday. So that's why I, like, really, like... I, and that's like when I was like, like liking girls too. And so that was at the same time I was realizing like how to put my frustration. Like I was like, oh, if I put like I'm really frustrated right now. Like like oh, this sucks. Oh wow, if I write music about it, all these feelings I have they go right into it. Right. So I think that's where I first kind of learned that I could put my like frustration and that stuff into music. Then I started. I think it's called Redeemed by Association. Okay, is this another Christian band? Yeah, your your parents didn't approve of you doing music at first, right? If it, uh, if if as long as it wasn't worship, wasn't anything worship. but worship was not okay. Okay. So, so you joined Hillsong, and uh, I joined the rest, Hillsong. Rest was history. Wait, actually, you know what? No, it was yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, no, I I did elevator music, and then I did joined Amity, and Amity that screamo band, right? Was a screamo band. Okay, and let me tell you about that. Okay, tell me about it. I, we like recorded like our first demo and I brought it back to my parents. I was like, hey, look at, I joined this band. Check it out. And they played it and my mom said, absolutely not. Was, uh, did she listen to the whole song or was Chattykins immediately grounded? I wasn't grounded. They just said, you need to quit that band. So. Was this a Christian band? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The stuff we were writing about was, was about like, like even at your most like depressed times, like you can find light, like God this, wants to be there with you. This was with Brett. With Brett Chiodo. Brett Chiodo of uh, Commonwealth. Look them up. So we, yes, do. He's a genius. Yeah. He is. Brett, if you hear this, Very talented don't let man. anyone tell you that you're not a genius because you, you amaze me. Um, so I quit the band. Okay. And I went to go see their first concert. And the guy who was singing... I hope he's not listening, but he was not a singer. Like, the connections in his ears and to his brain and then to his vocal cords did not match up. Okay. Like, they were mismatched? They were just mismatched. And it sounded really bad. So, I went, after that concert, I went back to Brett and I said, Brett, I need to be your singer. Like, like this needs to happen. So, uh, we went back and... Uh, oh, that's funny. Then we went back and we started practicing and... This was under the radar. Yeah. Okay. Under the radar, I told my, <laughs> I would like just sneak out and go to band practice or like go play a concert. Like I've, out, to, I've out told the my parents, I've, I've told my parents about this since then. Yeah, no, not the window. I I was working in Huntington Beach as a lighting director at the time, 
Uh, and so I was just be like, oh, I have, I have to go like do a TV shoot. And one time at a concert, Brett and swung when he went and swung his his guitar over his shoulder and hit me in the face with his uh, tuning pegs, Dang. and blood was dripping down my face, which was the most metal thing ever in the middle of a concert. And we finished the set with blood dripping down my face. Did you tell your parents you were filming a wrestling match? I told them that a light fell on my head. Nice, and they bought it. They bought it. Good for them. So I played that whole concert in a pair of pajama bottom, like plaid long long pant pajama bottoms. Nice. And yeah, then after that, after Amity was redeemed by association, no, goodbye Luna. Okay, so I know, yes, Richard Schmee. Richard Schmee is the oh, such I love a good Richard dude. Schmied. He's making new music again. Yes, he just said yeah, he just announced he's going to write a new album. Yeah, we need to get him back on the show here. Oh, Richard! Oh my goodness, join Richard Schmee's band. He had the song out called "Goodbye Luna." Like, close the door tight and hold her all night and look over your shoulder. And tell her you love her and don't say goodbye. Luna, I need you to lie. He, he's like a less screamy version of Anthony Green. I could see that f- completely. Yeah, he loved, and he actually like, yeah. Circus Survive fan. Circus Cir- Circa fan. And so I, I joined Goodbye Luna as the bass player. Okay. And backup vocalist. I saw the f- concert footage of you guys, and you Which were always, like, getting crazy, and everyone else was, like, relatively still. Was that where it was outside? Yeah. That was at Joshua Fest. That's when I was playing guitar. Okay. And I was going crazy at that. Yeah, there was just a bunch of people there, and just, I-, I couldn't help it. This is not metal enough. <laughs> More metal! More metal! <laughs> um, so, Goodbye Luna, and then... What happened? So I was in good. I was in Goodbye Luna and Amity at the same time. Okay, really? And then, yeah, it was. It wasn't no, no drama. It was. It was all cool. But then Amity broke up. They kicked Brett out of the band. Oh. And Brett was writing. He so was the heart of it. He was the heart of Amity. He wanted to be called. The band could have been called Brett. He wanted to go in a different direction. Uh, he's a very passionate guy. Okay. So it's like when you have when you have such a strong vision, it doesn't often blend with. A group. Okay. Got a little isolation going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very common. Um, so after that, I did Redeemed by Association Okay. with my friend Antoine and my friend Alex, who I met Alex through Craigslist, and he was a Canadian dude, and he just had long hair, and he was just everything Iron Maiden. Okay. And so I was the drummer and the lead singer with Redeemed by Association. Because was this a screamo band or is no? This a... It was just like a like a rock band, I would say. Okay. Um, but we had we've been practicing, and the night before our first concert, our drummer broke both of his arms. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Both this of his is arms. Like, is this like a movie? This seems. I mean, it's not. It's it's it can't be coincidence. It just seems like fate, I guess. Fate in the snap of a of a wrist, or I mean, a fing- a finger. Um. And yeah, it does seem like fate actually. Wow. Okay. So we, we rolled up and I go, guys, we don't have to cancel the show. I think I can play drums and sing at the same time. Like a Treyu. Like a Treyu, yes. And so we did it. We played our, we played the concert. Yeah, and we... at the concert, my drum throne broke and I had to stand and play for a little bit too. So it just was... sounds like a bad day. It was. It was a bad day, but it was also, it was amazing. And then what else? Then 
and we got together for back together for one more show. Oh, like a reunion that was, show? That was just one of the that was crazy. Why? Why did this happen? Just people on on oh on MySpace were asking for it. Oh, MySpace. Oh, hey, yeah. was it Tom? Was he was he Tom? The crowd? He's looking over his shoulder at us, smiling yeah. at that school with that whiteboard <laughs> in the background. He's like, "Hey guys, do another show." Do another I said, show. "Okay, Tom, <laughs> just for you, Tom." Yeah. So we did that, and then I um started Chad Nathaniel. Okay. This is when I it was I didn't yet realize I didn't want to have my name up in lights. Like Chris Daughtry. Yeah, exactly. Just for my, I, I'm I, don't, coming I don't think home. it's healthy for anyone to like roll up to a venue and be like, "There's my name." Well, okay. What's the the? You're listening to Breaking Benjamin. Yes, his I name love is Benjamin. Benjamin. I want to say Benjamin Buckley. Oh my gosh, that's really close to Benjamin Button. Yeah, and he was like, the, the, so the band was called Breaking Benjamin. There's like they had so many lawsuits going on with that band, them trying to kick each other out. And they just released an album like a few days ago. They did, they did. Yeah, I like, I like them. I like, I them. like them. It's very angsty, like '90s. I new, will new try metal. to find my place in, in the, the diary of Yeah, my polyamorous friend has got me in a. Um, fun fact, the guys from Chevelle were all brothers too. And then they kicked one of the brothers out of the band. Uh, and then the album Vena Sarah was all about how the two brothers still in the band hated the brother who was no longer in the band. If it's not too late for coffee. Is that Chevelle? No, Chevelle is like, so send the pain below oh, yeah. where I need it. This was BC before Chad could listen to the music. Oh, jeez. I feel like you're like, you missed out on a very... Great era of music. Yeah, but also it's such a unique experience. My mind wasn't exposed to so much. Yeah. It's all it's all like a brand new discovery for me. I feel like there's a lot of influences that you could have had. I'm like a child that was locked in a vault. Yeah. And you're just experiencing you know what your your musical experiences remind me of is this uh-huh. scene in um it's it's a movie with the kid. Brandon from- Fraser? No, blast from the past. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> a scene from the, the this, this movie where this kid comes down from space. He was born in space, never been to Earth, so he's experiencing all these I, things on yes. Earth. And, the uh, Martian? He, or the, yeah. N- not the Martian. I forget what it's called. It has the kid from Ender's Game. Yes, and I, that's, I not, that's what I'm thinking. But he sees the horse for the first time. Yeah. He's like, what the what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, that it was, it was good. Movie. I like the girl in that movie. She's 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 good for a, a, like an actress of her age. Like She's yeah. she's really good. Yeah, that, I, that's a movie I would definitely see again. I have a hard time rewatching movies. Yeah, like, me too. More than once every five years, honestly. Unless if it's like an indie flick and like I connected with it, like I can watch it. Yeah. But uh, for some reason, I can watch Wes Anderson movies really more often. The Grand Budapest Hotel, really good mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Life. Um, of Qua- I still have yet to see uh, Island of Misfit Dogs. I know. I want to see it. I'm afraid. Because anything that has to do with dogs, I know, is going to make me cry. Oh, it's so true. And, like, I'm afraid to, Puppies like, that whole thing in I Am Legend totally ruined me. I can't. I can't. I just, I can't. Um, okay, so. Oh, wait, okay. Yeah, you get it. Okay, City of Lions. Tell me about City of Lions. Um, City of Lions started with Chad Nathaniel. Okay. I wrote uh, You All Along, me and Joel Piper. Who we're actually about to go uh, work together again this month? We're gonna we're gonna re-release um, a song we wrote together called "We Will Carry On." Really? Okay. So the the bad blood not not there between you guys? Um, you know, there's always there's always gonna be some some bad blood whenever you have creative differences. Okay, let me. Okay, creative people. I wrote a blog post about this. Creative people. Anytime you get a bunch of creative people in the same room, 
there's tension. They all smile and like are friendly to each other, but under the surface, they're all they all want to be the most creative person well, in the room. So it's like, yeah, you can be friends, but it's it's there's always like this undertone there. Well, where does creativity take place in the mind, right? So all of your creativity is going on in, in like, and it's like if you have this creativity going on in your head, you spend a lot of time just like in there, you know, like like creating it in there. And so it's like someone else comes along with an idea and they think that that's the same idea everyone has. And it's a completely different idea. And you don't realize that until it's, it's a little too late. And then, and then everything falls and then everything falls apart. Exactly. And you see like, especially with writing, like we, we've been through the writing process. Mm. We're writing ghost toasters. Check it out on YouTube. Mm, Yes. Please check it out. Ghost toasters. Ghost toasters. We'll get back to it one day, but, um, We, you know, we have these group writing sessions and like we'll sit in a room with like me, you, Justin, Joseph, uh, Travis. And like, yeah, for the most part, we'll like we'll have good ideas together. But then every once in a while, somebody will call us out on something like say, oh, that's like that's inappropriate. You can't say things like that. And like while inside, I'm like, don't tell me what to write. I'm like, you know, you bring up a good point. I want people to watch this. I don't want them to get super offended by it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you for telling me this. Yeah, there's like there's like there's like the the level of okay, you can offend people, but then it's like like if I don't know what's a good a good example of this. If I have a friend, if I know I don't know, if someone's if I know someone that's just a, heavily addicted to cocaine and then I make Oh, a, I got to tell my secret on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Josh you're, uh, I don't know. It's powdered sugar, man. It's just, just you cake eat, sniffer. I just eat on my, my waffles. But then if you make a show where you're like sniffing cocaine and getting high on it and your friend watches it, is that going to affect them adversely? Mm. That's, that's honestly, that's the first thing my brain goes to. So it's like, but then it's like, okay, at the same time, it's like everyone's got their own like battle that they're fighting. Is so that, It's, it's kind of like when somebody has like a low-key porn addiction and you take them to see a movie that's got nudity in it you're like did i just what did i do yeah i get it so just for that's that's what my brain goes to when i go to that stuff but you can't win them all that's something i've been saying for many years you can't win them all you You gotta be okay that some people are just gonna get mad true people aren't gonna like what you're doing and they're gonna say that it's terrible and your response has got to be can't win them all uh, it it really goes? is. You can't please everyone. Nobody, bets a thousand. Nobody ever appreciates the effort that goes into making a movie or a CD or something like that. Nope. But okay, keep telling us about City of Lines. So. Um, so we did you all along with Chad Nathaniel, and then uh, Tim approached me and said, "Hey, I've got some friends, and they are, uh, excuse me, they are uh, every other instrument that you need to complete to form a band." So we formed the band, and we got together, we practiced, and, and we really meshed well. They were really good musicians. When you came up with the name, were there a lot of other felines in, in line for the the spot? Yes, Town of Tigers was okay. um, was up there with it. Uh, what but, about Village of Kittens? Was that ever thrown around? Yes, that, uh, that, was, that was definitely like a top runner. Also, um, County of Cougars okay. was another one. People would just expect a bunch of hot moms hanging out for uh-huh. shows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Precisely. All right, guys. Moms get in free. County of Cougars. <laughs> Come on. Just just, just show up. 
<laughs> and so we went. So I, I, it was in a dream I had. I was like straight up like, I was like in this like really dark, it was like really stormy at nighttime and these like shadow creatures were attacking me. Okay. And straight up Aslan showed up from. Whoa. From, yeah. Was it voiced by Liam Neeson? Yes, it was. He said, he walks up to the shadows. He's like, hey, I have a very particular set of skills, which include clawing and mauling because I'm a lion and roaring, but most importantly, clawing and mauling. So the band was originally going to be called. Is going to be called Chad Nathaniel. City of Liam Neeson. City of Takens. City of Takens. And then you just decided. And that then that's... because of the stupid dream I had, right? We went with City of Lions. We were actually going to be called like Fremont or like something like that. Fremont. Mont. It's something Mont. The we were going to go with like we liked that old pronunciation of Mountain. The full Monty. Monty. Mont- yeah, Monty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> full Mont. Um, and then City of Lions, and then um, um, me. It it was hard all, all right off the right off the bat because uh, um, I I was kind of the only one writing, and already I could kind of see that I didn't know it at the time, but like creatively, it might I didn't know how to I guess explain myself. Okay. Like, and get my ideas out. Like I could hear them loud in my head. Write it down, or not like writing it down, but just like kind of get the other people excited about these ideas. Was there a fear of vulnerability? There? Oh, of course, because okay. I at the time I was writing, uh, I had never written like I didn't know how to produce at the time. Okay. I was not a producer. I really just knew how to. Re- I just played all the different instruments and could you know kind of sing. So I with like Joel helped me so much. Like he was a big part of it. And so uh, every time, like, writing a song would come up, like I said, I had all those ideas, but I didn't know – I didn't yet have that skill of assembling them all. That's the production oh, skill. It's, okay. it's the skill of hearing the things that are in the silence, you know? Yeah. So when we were writing together, I, I, don't, I just couldn't get the guys excited about it. And basically, uh, yeah, we started we – played, we played a bunch of shows, and we won some competitions, like Best Band in Orange County – and nice. then Ellie Gold, you know, some cool stuff. Yeah. We won a Warp Tour. Uh, we got to play some Warp Tour stuff. Very cool. How many lo- locales did you do? Uh, three. No, lots. Lots. Um, so we we really had just differences on, like, what we what we meant as what we wanted for the band. Um, it, some people in the band thought it was going to be, like, more of, like, a ministry and some people thought it was going to be more like just like a band. And so because that was unclear to everyone, everyone just kind of split up. So it came down to it. Did you got did you set out classifying yourself as a Christian band? Yes. We uh at least internally um So was it we, ever like It was kind of like me and Tim were the were like the kind of the heads of it. He was like the musical director and they were all his friends. Okay. And me and him so many times came down to like we need to hold each other to that standard of setting a good example and living living a lifestyle that's like a good example. Right. And so like it would come down to it where I would have to have meetings with other bandmates, you know, say like, hey, like we need to like like I think there's room to improve here. And, you know, and that was something that me and Tim really stuck to really strong was really making sure we all were, you know, setting good examples. Yeah. Uh but then, you know, just like time changes everyone and, and things happen. The world changes. Happen, yeah. You kind of adapt and so we, we all kind of we all kind of all of a sudden landed 
at this place, and we all had different ideas of what it was at that point that we landed, and at that point, it was kind of too late. So uh, we disbanded. We landed. We disbanded. And it's okay if you don't understand it. (laughs) Oh, hey, hey, mom's spaghetti. Yeah, I planned it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, So... But you did have Brooke LaPierre in one of your music videos. We had Brooke LaPierre in one of our, yeah, in the very first music video, she came out and missed a Panic at the Disco concert with her friend to come and be in the music oh, video with dang, us. Oh, dang, dude. Yeah. Missed so a chance you, to see Brandon Yuri. Yes. And uh, we're going to give her a shout out in the credits just because I know a lot of people follow her on social there media. You go. Yeah, exactly. So, Brooke, if, you, if you. you're listening to this, hey, thank you for having that faith in us and running around like countless miles in the desert. She had no shoes on too, right? Yeah, and she was fast. One scene I had to like do a chase cam along next to her. Oh, this is great. I'll just run along. And then like three seconds through, I'm like, I got to pick yeah. up the pace. What if she burned her feet for you? Well, then those calluses, I hope they work as good shoes for you. So do you think like when you guys broke up, she was like, what a waste of uh, feet. We, al- we also used her house for the Shining Star music video. Whoa. Yeah. I think she did think those exact thoughts that you just said. She said, my feet. What a waste of feet feeling. What a waste of feet feeling. She said that. Yeah, she lives over by um by my sister. Kinda a couple of streets over there. It's a good it's a good area. Yeah, good area. Anyways, I, I really don't know where we were going with that. So okay, so Okay, what So what, that happened. What happened? What was the fallout the like? The band just um it was just kind of a it was very um what was the word I'm looking for? Solemn. Like we all knew that it was ending and I and I didn't even though like I wrote the majority of the songs, I didn't like the band was like all my time spent with those guys. You know what I mean? Like over those like four years that we were together, those guys became like my best friends. So it was more you were losing friendships than bandmates. It, yeah, it all ended, and so I did. Like I did. I, I honestly I could have continued on with the City of Lions name, but I didn't. I didn't want that. It just kind of felt ruined. How did the fans react? They were sad. People, people were really sad about it because there were because you, you guys had by that time you guys had developed quite a following. Yeah, we had we had a cool following, and so uh, when, pe- when people saw it, they were they were bummed. Like it was like right when like people were starting to really like pick up steam, like Dude Perfect and like Brody Smith, those Trick Shot guys were starting to play a bunch of our songs and their stuff. And so yeah, people were they were really bummed about it. Um, I've I've talked to a lot of the fans since then. And since they've kind of seen that I've continued that message, um, it's, they've really, really liked that they get to see that fight continue. Right. It's 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 a it's really crazy to see how many people like music can alter the course of someone's life. Like you can be in the darkest like point of your life, and someone can hear your song, and it can kind of it can turn things around. Like people have said that their life, like they were thinking about committing suicide. And they like listen to one of the songs. But specifically, we will carry on the one I'm about to redo. Good, dude. That's awesome. You hearing that's like that's we need to just put these songs out on the internet as much as but, many people as can hear this stuff. Like need to hear it. At the same time, does that put a lot of pressure on your shoulders about the 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 type of music you put out, the the writing styles you choose to go with, um, you know where where your heart leads you as far as creativity goes? It. I want to say it does, but but. It it doesn't because I I'm honestly I'm still just writing the crap that I'm going through, and I think people are just saying like, oh hey, I'm going through that same crap, and they like they really like this perspective that I'm going at it is is different, completely different. It's backwards, honestly, from what people are used to, and so uh, people are are 
it's touching it's it's getting to them it can't not get to them and so it, yeah there's it's not so much a pressure but more of an uplifting i i, I get it and it just skyrockets me but it, i i never like okay i need to to do this because that thing that speaks to that person in that moment might not speak to them later or it's like it's right well you look at a lot of bands now and they they evolve as time goes on you have bands like thrice okay you look at thrice um yeah Identity crisis, literally about yeah. an identity crisis. Yeah. Artists in the ambulance, you know, they struggle mm. with drugs and all that stuff. And then eventually, this, uh, you know, they had Visu, all the writings about C.S. Lewis, how that changed their thinking and all that. And then all this stuff afterwards has a very Christian message in it, but they were still amongst secular, you know, they're kind of consecular music, but uh, not consecular, secular. I like I'm that though. Consecular. That's what we it's should consecutive patent, patent and secular. That word. Yeah. Together with secular. But. You know, as a musician, it's your job to evolve. You each yeah. each album tells a story about a certain period yeah. in your life. Really, it is like it. Like when I look back on my songs, I look. Ba- I like. Oh, that was from this moment. Like it's really like a catalog of my chronological like struggles, which is cool for me. Yeah. In that sense, you know, on my end. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, okay. So how how did Hyperschmidt come about? Like you had been dormant for a long time. I had been dormant for a long time. And Hyperschmidt happened at the moment that I was about to give up. Uh, it's when I was just like, I I can't do this by myself. And then that's when God showed up. He was like, hey, guess what? You can! You, 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 and you. Um, the song I know uh, About to Win came um, because he said, I know it feels just like the end, like you're losing your breath with every bend. You've been diving deeper than you've ever been, but like you're about you're about to win. And so that that idea that I like, I'm right on the verge, you know, morning's about to break, that's like I know morning always comes, so uh, that idea behind that, that was the first one I wrote. And then I went on to do uh, Finish After All, which is, again, that's about that fight. And also the very first words is Here at the Start. And it's the very mm. first song Hyperschmidt released. Here at the Fart, right? Is Here what you're... at the Fart, where you <laughs> are. No, it's, it's good, man. It was, I mean, in that, that time between bands, I guess, between projects, yeah. was there a desire to fill, to make something or was it always did you have a, you had obviously you know it's like we do movie stuff but did you have a was that kind of your outlet for creativity or were you always like dang i really like to make some more music uh no it was i am in such a terrible place right now that look an album is done okay <laughs> it was just like like this is just i i don't know what like what i'm gonna do about this and that's yeah when I'm happy, I don't write music. No, I mean, <laughs> that's what they say. Like most, um, they say that most writers live their entire lives by the age of 21. Funny. Because they be from, experiencing those things. Yeah, from like ages, you know, whenever you're conscious to the to 21 years old, you have experienced several lifetimes of pain. Oh, yeah. Because as an artist and a creative, you kind of absorb the experiences, not just of yourself, yeah. but those around you. Yeah. So like you're unfortunately you're painfully aware of everything that you will never get back. Yeah. And so uh they, they say that, you know, by the time you're twenty one, if you you have enough stories to tell for the rest of your life. But a <laughs> lot of people they'll they'll write a story and then that's they put all of those years into that story instead of trying to like space it out a little bit. So I feel like I'm still telling I'm still telling my story as I'm going. Like lately I've been not so scared of the idea of being uncomfortable okay. because I know that that brings out something in me. Like vul- that make, are we that, talking like vulnerability? Yeah, just like getting into into situations that that will 
cause me uncomfortability. That will make me uncomfortable because it's like, although I hate it so much, at the same time, it brings out things in me that makes me say words that make me large, like that, that, that don't make, you know, I don't feel small when I, when I say those words. So it's like through that brokenness, which it all, it always kind of reflects to, uh, you know, my belief in Jesus, like just through that giantness, the hugest, most boldest feeling, there's this quietest voice of truth, you know, and through that confidence, there's also this meekness where it's just like you said, there's that balance, like there's yeah. that, there's that complete, you know, so if you look at so many things are striving for balance, so balance is very important, you know. It is. It really is. And we, we tend to, I don't know, especially with like religious ass, religious things. I just said religious ass. I'm sorry. Um, I meant to say Can ass, I tell a, a, a Bible joke real quick? Sure, please. Who had the stretchiest skin in the Bible? Samson. Abraham, because it said he tied his ass to a tree and then walked <laughs> 10 miles. I mean... Good for him. I, I don't like ten miles after that. Ten after he miles, tied it to a tree, like, it was it was talking about his donkey. But oh, <laughs> we we tend to place so much pressure on our own shoulders that like so much. You, you look at it. They're like the Bible says you should. Um, you know, we were made in the image of God, so you should live a righteous life. Yeah. But you know that that you live the life that God put you into. Well, it means that you. It, it really what it means is you. You can't like God see like you're made in the righteousness of God, and now no matter what, God sees you as righteous. Yeah. So like that's what people need to realize is that like, like look, we screw up so much, and like we want to see ourselves as broken, no matter how hard we try not to. Just like realizing that like God sees us as as like perfect, and He loves us just the same. Like He's so much bigger than all this like crap that we feel that breaks us down. Yeah. And so He sees us and goes. Like, look, I don't care about that. Like, I, you're my child. Nothing can change that. And I love you. That's it. Yeah. Just yeah. accept that love. No, for real. And it, it's, you know, you have like, er, this is what I always hated growing up, hearing people go, you know, I was in Sunday school, yeah. you know, and they're reading out of that adventure <laughs> uh-huh, Bible boy. or whatever that uh-huh. has all the pictures in it. And they go, and you hear people go, I just love God so much. I just, I, I you're mean like, Why? God. Well, I go, it's not so much why, it's how. Okay. How do you love, how? How? Yeah. T- tell me how, tell me. Yeah. What, you have right. like a, you have a hotline? This, this, does this he like infatuate, yeah. Yeah, does he show up, you know, at your house once a week? Or uh-huh. like, how do you uh-huh. love God, uh, somebody that's intangible? And then like, you know, in my personal opinion, I think that like, you love God by living the life he put you in, by loving the life he gave you, mm-hmm. by existing in the chaos because god is found in chaos sure. like i you know i i write the best stuff when i'm in in times when i'm feeling broken and like hurting but yeah, like, i'm telling you in in my moments of depression and anxiety and even like dark thoughts like i i feel closest to god because i feel like you know there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel that's keeping me from from doing something extreme you no matter know? how small it is it's no like matter it's how still small there. it is like i'm it's i haven't ended my own life so there is a god right. out there that's keeping me right. going exactly okay exactly. hyper schmidt you okay so you have a bunch of singles out i have a bunch of singles out i'm about to put an album out i'm about to basically put them together with an album i i, I think i want to finish two more songs okay i just came out with a song called collide okay that i did with justin or Co- mighty kaleidoscope collide a scope and hopefully I'm going to put up, be putting out a, uh, I'll have a music video by the time you guys hear this for my uh, song, Find You, 
Nice. And that was filmed with a red cam. Red camera. Um, it, it was just a camera we painted red. But the something about the color um, just makes of the, the camera, better. everyone was just like, whoa, I want to I do, I want my acting to be so much better because of the color of that camera. Yeah. Anytime on set, like Chad was just like, hey, hey, look at the color. And they're like, oh, they're like man, whoa, it's red. Is, Opposite of green. Yeah, the standards are high here, guys. Standards are high. Look at um, real quick. Even though you guys can't see this, I want Josh to see this composited. I'm pretty okay. proud of it. Ready for this? Okay, it's purple. Okay, Chad is running through a field. There's explosions. Did you use a seed pod idea that I gave you? Yes, I did. Yes. That, if that that's the red, the explosions are red, just like you gave me. So Josh gave me okay. at first. We had explosions. Josh said, "Okay, in the in the music video, there's this dark creature that's trying to blind the girl from being able to see where she can go." Um, and so he was like. And then I go to rescue her. Girls played by my wife. And I go to try to rescue her. And these like they send these projectiles to try and stop me, these giant things. And so at first they were explosions, but Josh was like, what if you made them like these seed pods that are like these evil looking seed pods? And that's what we went with it. It's way better. I will uh, accept no less than three production credits for that. Just put my name three times in the credits and we'll be uh, square, I think. The cash redeemable value of yeah. three credits yep, three. is uh, six dollars. Okay, or um, seven dollars actually. Two hundred tickets at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, right, exactly. It's the currency of the realm. You can buy four bouncy balls with that. You 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 can. Do you remember when they had Sega Genesis at Chuck E. Cheese? Stop. And that was like the prize that every kid wanted Dang, for like four thousand tickets. Four thousand tickets. Speaking of Sega Genesis, um, hey. we got a, we got a project going on hey. here called Sega Forever, which you'll Sega. little documentary you'll hear more about here soon. Okay. So, Hyper Schmidt, you have so, a new music video dropping. When can we expect to see that? By beginning of May. Okay. And what about the album? Are we going to see it digital only? Is it going to be pressed on CDs? Is it going to be pressed um, on vinyl? The, I, I kind of want to make it the only w- way you can get it pressed is by come sing, coming and seeing me live. Like, Oh yeah, you have one. It's because you went and saw me in concert. Like you pressed it on the spot, or you have it on the spot. Why well, I, I want to make all my merchandise on the spot. I have a bunch of cut out dyes and various chemical solutions <laughs> that can change uh, shirts colors. So oh, I'm gonna... if you smell something like chloroform, um, just ignore it. Okay? Excuse me, does this smell like chloroform yeah, to you? Please. Does this smell like chloroform? Um, can we take a quick potty break, real quick? Yeah. Hey, check out what these uh, idiots have to say. So dumb. Hey everyone, venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. All right, we're back. Whatever those guys are selling you, telling you to listen to, check it out. Um, yeah, they're a bunch of idiots, but we still believe in their products. Yeah, we do. Um, all right, so you're talking about your music video. When can we expect an album to drop? I'm hoping to be recording my song this month in April. Uh, we will carry on. So hopefully the album will be done by mid-June. Will be made up of more than just the little like singles that you've put out. It'll have. Uh, I'm hoping to have this song. Uh, we will carry on on it. Okay. And how many Counting Crows covers will be on this album? Three. 
Okay, that's that's what the that's all the audience cares about. It's they true. can they're gonna sign off now. Good night, guys. Good night, guys. Counting crows. Counting crows. Remember, no, if I you just... pay paradise, you put a parking lot. Ooh yep. la la la. Around here, we always stay up late. Always. Always. Um. Okay. So, all right, you're working on a. I guess this is the last thing we gotta talk about. You're working on a musical act with a uh, certain individual we all know and love. Yes. Named, uh, True Die. Tell us about it. I am. Um. Me and True Die are putting up a. Uh, show where we started out uh, basically since both of us can sing and drum and play the instruments um, when you play a show your voice gets tired and so it's like running a marathon it's like running a marathon it is and you have to sing and so what we're doing is uh, we're constantly switching back and forth and creating something brand new in in of itself Uh, we're kind of we want to redefine what it means to go to a concert most bands just play music but we kind of we want people to be entertained from... We don't want them to realize when they be, start becoming entertained. So, and then we also want to cook. Like, we want to cook for them afterwards. Like ninja entertainment? Oh, I love that. Ninjaintainment. Ninja entertainment. Ninjaintainment. Yes, enchantment. Enchantment. <laughs> Level four fireball. Level four. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I want to incorporate like illusions and magic shows into it but not until like all of a sudden like hello everybody and i come out with like a suit and top hat but like i want people to be watching us playing and then all of a sudden a magic trick happens and then all of a sudden by the time that they realize the magic trip has happened the song has started and they don't even get to revel in the excitement would it be an unplanned magic trick like you're accidentally sawing one of your stage hands in half that that could be like i don't know what i want it to be but i just want people to be off guard the entire time because when you're off guard you can get amazing things can happen. You can, you can. All right. So, what what are the details on this one? Can um, we expect to hear more about this? We are doing some. Uh, we are starting shows at local high schools and junior highs to spread the word, um, and soon we'll be playing uh, local venues. And if you uh, if you know of any uh, bands or your band that uh, needs an opening act, we'd love to come out open for you. Because we're a super small act. We've, we've basically, we've, one of the cool things is we've figured out how to shrink down our entire show to fit, to fill half of the space of a little car. I have like, a, I have a little Mazda 3. Okay. You're going to set up the drum kit in the back seat. And we you we guys put, just play a mobile show, drive throughs and stuff. Well, no, we put, so I see, I see like friends that are like buying these like $4,000 vans for their first tour and then they break down when you're like, you know, 900 miles away from home. And then the band breaks up. The band, yeah, exactly. There's just a lot of traumatizing events. Yeah. So uh, we figured out how to shrink everything down. Our drum set is half electric, half acoustic drums. Uh, and then we just have a keyboard and a piano and Simon. Simon's our computer that runs uh, all of our backing tracks. Simon says, dude. What is, Simon is says he, Is he aware? He is semi-aware. Dang. Yeah. So he knows what's going on, and, and then I, I shut him down. When he gets to, like... Advanced, Human. too intelligent. When he starts, to, when the tears start coming out of the uh, the camera eye, you're like, it's time. It's, He's too human for us. So this is why we can't have sentient things. <laughs> the, okay. So Simon is, yeah, Simon is playing that. We fit everything down. We can fit even a third person in this four or five seater little tiny car like comfortably. Comfortably, it shrinks down. You wouldn't believe how small everything shrinks down into, which was. Part of the art of the concert was was how small we can make it. Gorilla style is what I call it. Just using so, 
Yeah. What you guys should do is just start out. Okay. Dream concert here. I like this. Start out. Ambient lights. You got yeah. a little smoke rising from the top of the stage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When the lights come on fully, all the people in the audience see is a suitcase. Not a suitcase, Ooh. but like a like a chest. Okay. Okay, not a human chest, but like just a chest that you put things in. Oh, okay. Okay. And then lights go out. No lights nice. at all. It's nice. darkness. And then all of a sudden, pyrotechnics. You see fireworks that oh. shoot out across the stage. And out of this chest... On a pulley system rises Chad Smith singing the songs, and then the chest he as he's as he's elevated above the stage like yeah. an angel angelically elevating the chest constructed <laughs> the chest explodes, and when the smoke clears, Travis is playing drums. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he come from? We don't know. He he could have come from the chest. He could have come from a chest within a chest. He could have just like a Russian nesting materialized. chest. Yeah, we don't we don't know. Where did he come from? So not only are they are they thinking about how you're floating with no ropes, but they're thinking about where did Travis come from? And then they're also thinking about the music. So you have blown their minds in three different ways before the first chorus. It's essentially how my brain thinks all the time. Just a bunch of things at the same time. I'm just trying to get people to do, you know? I, that's a, I love that idea. They're going to say, where's his strings? I'm going to say, ha just kidding, I'm falling. I've got no strings to hold me up. Down, up. Where's Pinocchio up. being held? Is that right? I think you're thinking of um, Gil- Gulliver's Travels. Gulliver's but Travels. hold me down part. Yeah, hold me down and just have a bunch of tiny people put ropes over me. Let me tell you something else I'm doing lately. Okay, tell me about it. Uh, Nicholas and his girlfriend have been... Creating shout a shout out to Nicholas. Guy, Nicholas. guy is he's a, such a great dude, and he yes, always he gets crap from people, and I feel bad. Nicholas is the man. Nicholas is the man, and yeah, he, he has been the man. Nicholas, I miss you, man. Call me or text me or something. We Nicholas is he yeah. he. So what we do is we have created the first ever um, musical online on YouTube, and we shoot the whole thing in the video game Minecraft. And so Nicholas has every single plugin you can have in the book, like the way the sun reacts to water, the way water looks. Everything looks so HD, and he has the, this whole camera system. It's it's really kind of a trip because the actors are they're operating their little characters in Minecraft. But you know, one person is from Ireland, one person is from Japan, one person is from Texas, one person's from it's all over the world. We need and they're get, all together at the same time. We need to get Nicholas on the show so we can I, that's we can just talk idea. about this. That, that's that should be very soon. Let's, let's we'll make it happen. Okay, good. I'll text them. So I have a character. There's one show called My Passion about a performing arts high school, and I have a character in the show named guess what? Chad. Chad. That's right. And Schmad. Schmad. And we're part of a band called Midnight, and we write musical songs. And ever since I heard Hamilton, I have been dying to uh, write musical uh, stuff. And it's a it's a whole different game when you write musical stuff. Because you're not just writing a song, but you're constantly thinking about where's this person standing, what's going on in this story, so you can have a lot more like interpretive fun with it. So this one person, she says, like, it's just like you can have so much. You really have a lot more of a picture in your head as you write musical stuff. So also, I want to play Hamilton one day on Broadway. All right, I'm not throwing away my shot. <laughs> you only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow because. Mom spaghetti. Opportunity comes once in a lifetime. That's and then, a circle of comedy. Then mom spaghetti. 
All right, cool. Do you want to do like a like a shameless plug before you go? Um, go. Uh, yes, I do. Where can we find your music? Hyper Schmidt. Hyper. We all know how to spell that part. Schmidt is S C H M I T T. Again, that's S C H M I T T. Hyper Schmidt. Spotify. Uh, YouTube. I make the music videos are really fun. You're gonna have to watch them more than once because, like I said, there's a lot going on in my head, and I want you to experience what that's like. <laughs> um, and so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Pandora, every single store, I believe. Uh, you can go check it out. So if you just type in that word into Google, you will find me. Uh, he will find you. He will find me, which is that's from my new song coming out with the lyric with the music video. True so story. go check it out. Um, I'm very active on there. So if you like it, comment. But if you specifically, if you hate it, comment how you how much you hate it, and I'll I'll, I'll get back to you on it. And I make, love talking to make sure you attack him as a person and, and not, in my most vulnerable areas. Yeah, and not just an artist because if you attack him as a person, then I'll you'll, feel it. He'll feel it, and he'll write a song about you, <gasps> much like Taylor Swift does oh, about her ex boyfriend. You made me do. Yeah. Look what you made. Yeah. So just shake it off. Just shake it off. So yeah, go check that out. Um, what else? Yeah, Instagram at hyperschmidt. Um, Fa- Bookface Bookface Hyperschmidt If you know how to spell it You are, know how to find it Are you on the two views? I am Hyperschmidt At YouTube You can, type in, you can just type in Hyperschmidt I, I, I hate that you can't get a vanity URL Until you hit 100 followers on YouTube I know Are you YouTube. at 100 subscriptions? I yes I am You should get the vanity URL I I hate vanity No I'm just kidding I will Do it I need to it just makes I think it I have I think You're I have like, one Do you? I think it's If you just do hy- YouTube.com slash Hyperschmidt Music I'm I at, think I'm at 74 subscriptions. Hey. I need I need 26 more before I can do it. Go subscribe. Everyone watches the videos that I get that I put up, but they don't ever subscribe. For you, for Nicholas's channel, we're we're hoping to hit 100,000 subscribers by summer. Jeez, Nicholas. Oh, yeah, it's people are loving. Share it. the wealth, man. <laughs> Share the subscribers. All of a sudden, people are like, "You're no longer subscribed to them. You're subscribed <laughs> to these guys." Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, as for this podcast, you can find this and other great episodes on Podbean, podcast.com, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, podcast.com, Stitcher, and other great podcasting outlets around the entire globe. Do not shove a fork into any of those outlets. Do not, yeah, especially if the light switches are turned on, if that's still a thing. It is. Um, also, you can find us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tinder, Match.com, eHarmony, and all of the places where you find people. Wow. Yeah. Uh, until next time, this has been uh, another episode of Topic Topicocalypse featuring Chad Smith of... Many things. Many things. And Hyperschmidt. <laughs> including Hyperschmidt. All right, guys. Later. I needed the truth I'm looking for you I'm waiting for you I know that I found A song in the sound A moment for me I've tried it for key She needs you more than you know To know she won't be let go Was so much more than their goals A keeper I cannot sleep when she's gone I think I just wrote a song To free her You are
with the smoke in your eyes Yeah, you're scared Cause you fell to the side You know I'd never lie And with this promise I make My words are not gonna break I don't care how long it takes I'll be there And it was you all along The one who gave me my song All of this pain makes me strong I'll be there You held your heart up when you buried it deep You closed your eyes and then forgot where you sleep I'll find a way to tunnel underneath I will find you, find you, find you, find you You held your heart up when you buried it deep You closed your eyes and then forgot where you sleep tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games we can help retro city games in henderson nevada only five minutes from the las vegas strip has all your favorite gaming staples classics and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves come in and chat with nicole or doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite and don't forget retro city games loves trade-ins so if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. Retro City Games. 